This coverage is live and uncensored. So if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. What's going on, guys? My Take Radio, episode 199. One away from 200, folks. Broadcasting live Thursday, September 26th, 2013. Our call in number is 347 324 3541. Again, that call in number 347 324 3541. You can also hit up our feedback line, 347 815 0687. 347 815 0M. T-R. All right, so took a week off, was a little burned out, had a lot of stuff going on schedule-wise, and um, it worked out well because we got to, I actually had the opportunity of attending a, a meetup for bloggers here in the New York City area, and also meeting with some brand ambassadors for Best Buy, so hopefully that'll open up some brand new opportunities for us and for you guys as well, especially those of you that uh, visit mytakeradio.com for our reviews and all our other stuff. We'll be hopefully getting some new stuff to play with and review on the site. As always, got to welcome our latest advertiser, Ripped Apparel, R-I-P-T, apparel.com, putting out kick-ass pop culture shirts for 10 bucks. I'm sure if you've been following me on Instagram, rich underscore MTR, you'll see some of the great uh, T-shirts that they sent us. Um, in the care package to kind of get the ball rolling. We're going to be doing some really cool stuff with Ripped in the near future. They put out one very awesome t-shirt a day out. Sometimes they do a two-for-one where you get a deal if you buy both tees. They're 10 bucks. They're high quality. And we have a banner on MyTakeRadio.com, which you can click if you want to pick up any of the t-shirts. Of course, any, anytime you click one of their banners, it helps us out as well which is going to lead me into a couple of things I want to discuss this week. But Ripped Apparel is one of our newest advertisers Advertisers joining, of course, uh, WWE Shop Zone, UFC.com, Superhero Stuff, uh, T-Fury, and a bunch of other advertisers that advertise on the site. So definitely check out RippedApparel.com. Go through the banner on the site. Like I said, it helps us out, and you'll be able to get some really awesome merch from Ripped Apparel. All right, so... Last week, like I said, we didn't get to do the show. This week was supposed to be MTR 200. MTR 200 now will be airing October 3rd at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. Um, Really, really psyched for MTR 200. More excited than I've been to do a show in a long time. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some weeks I feel really burned out and um, 
you know, I, I listen back to the shows as I edit them, and I know that sometimes I feel like I do phone it in, but I'm really pumped for MTR 200, especially with what we have planned when we make the jump to the big 200th episode. Um, it's really going to change the way that the show is presented from start to finish. It's going to be a completely new experience from the ground up, and I'm really looking forward to it. Of course, there will probably be at least a week or two of working out bugs with what we have in mind, but I think it's really something that will help the show evolve and will give you guys just a better experience overall. So I'm really, really pumped for that. I've been getting a lot of great feedback from people that are getting our shows via Stitcher. Some people were complaining that the shows weren't being up, up, excuse me, updated on time, but it seems that that's actually been fixed and everybody's been getting their shows on time. A lot of great feedback from them at Stitcher, great quality audio, of course, not as good as our Mixler audio or the audio you can get from iTunes, but definitely better than our blog talk radio audio. But I will tell you, as always, that if you want to hear the show live, the best way to do it is by hitting mtrlive.com and catching our stream on the GFQ network or via the Mixler player. If you are there now, just make sure to mute one of the players so you don't have to deal with any echoes. As always, of course, you can listen uh, via the phone as well by calling 347-324-3541. Just do not hit option one to get into the caller queue, and you'll be able to listen to the show that way as well. I'm actually researching streaming the show to mobile devices, still kind of figuring out how we can do that with the show being live. Uh, Again, something we're working on, not 100% yet, but... I really hope that we can work it out and really get that moving in the future. All right, so a couple of things we got to discuss. First off, I received an email about MTR Beyond the Mic and MTR Behind the Mic, and people were asking, well, this particular individual was asking about doing an MTR Behind the Mic with me, with somebody, uh, you know, interview you know interviewing me which is weird i've never contemplated that and i kind of found it to be a little odd i think that i um i figured i'd give everybody uh, a direct answer on air with regards to that i really think that doing that would be kind of cool it'd be a, a different twist but i also feel that i share enough about myself on air on a consistent basis that there's really no need for me to uh take up one episode sharing stuff that you guys may hear on air on a daily basis but It's cool at least to hear that people are really enjoying those two particular interview series. And of course, the numbers definitely don't lie. There there are definitely some episodes that are higher than others. And of course, if you guys have any ideas of guests that we can interview for either of those series, definitely drop me an email or a tweet or hit me up on the fan page and we will try and get those people on air for the live shows or for MTR Behind the Mic or MTR Beyond the Mic. Also... We did not pull the plug on MTR in 60. Uh, the short form MTR shows will definitely continue. I actually had contemplated doing one last week, but I just really couldn't bring myself to to get in front of a computer. I'm not going to lie. I was burned the fuck out. So that's pretty much why there was no MTR in 60 to make up for the lack of show last week. Also wanted to discuss brawling for boobies, of course, Uh, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and we do our Brawling for Boobies event, which um, a couple of people have been asking if we're going to be doing it, 
And I'm a little on the fence about it for a couple of reasons. Uh, reason number one is participation, which is going to lead me into something else I'm going to discuss in a moment. Um, participation is definitely a big factor with brawling for boobies, especially because we are 99% of the time trying to get um, events together for our gaming audience, uh, whether it's playing Street Fighter or Marvel vs. Capcom or Virtual Fighter, uh, WWE, UFC Undisputed. We try to really get out there and do stuff and really try to honor this commitment to our listeners. But people are finicky motherfuckers. I'm sorry, guys, but it's true. Everybody's all, yeah, 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 I'm going to play or I'm going to be there or I'm going to donate. And what ends up happening is we do all this stuff. We get logos done. We get flyers done. We get we, we go in full on promotion mode to really push the message out there. All proceeds go to Coleman for the cure. And the, the reason that it came up was because the rep from Coleman for the cure, actually, she retired and there's a new person taking over and she reached out to me, letting me know that she was going to retire and that a new lady was going to take over and she was going to be in touch, which she was earlier this week. And she was asking me if they're going to be working with us again. Now, if you guys know, especially from past episodes, you know, Breast Cancer Awareness Month is a is, is a big deal to me for a ton of personal reasons, not because I had breast cancer, not me, but it affected me personally. So you know, it's near and dear to my heart. So I'm very passionate about it. And, you know, we do really good. We get up and we've gotten up to the thousand dollar threshold. I think we hit 2000 last last year, which I have to look at to make sure. Um, of course, goal is always to get higher and higher. Three thousand, four thousand, hell, five thousand if possible. And, you know, the audience participation is always awesome. I mean, a lot of guys, they donate and they don't even play. They just donate on the strength that is going to a good cause. And we're eternally grateful. But just organizing that event is incredibly stressful for me, um, you know, especially because it never goes according to plan. And nine times out of ten, some shit goes wrong. And I, I got to come on here and pretty much either ether some of my listeners or ether some of these guys that run these websites and shows that are all gung-ho to get in bed with us and don't even give us the courtesy of a reach around. So with that said, Brawling for Boobies right now is tentatively on schedule and we should be moving forward with it starting next week. But as always, things are subject to change. If I decide not to do it, um, you know, just bear with us. Maybe we'll just do something with Coleman for the cure and we won't do any gaming events, but either way, I will keep you guys posted. Uh, Slick just brought to my attention some issues getting into the Mixler side of things. If you are in the Mixler chat, but want to participate with some of the other listeners, please head to mtrlive.com. The Mixler player is there, but the full chat room will be working on mtrlive.com. That way you can interact with with all the other listeners during the live show. Again, any listeners in the Mixler room, make sure to head over to mtrlive.com. All right, so now that we got the brawling for boobies out of the way, I want to talk about another thing that kind of went down last week, which frustrated me because company reached out to us to give away a free DVD. Uh, it was Bounty Killer, which was in Slick's hits, um, his in Slick's wish list. And very awesome flick, looked really cool, showed tons of promise, 
company reached out to us, said, hey, you know, we want to give you a copy to give away to one of your listeners. Make up a contest, which we did. Now, everybody wants free shit. Everybody asks, when are we doing more contests or more giveaways? We're working on it, but contests only work if people participate. Everybody complains. Oh, when are you going to get free stuff out? I had, I had some of our Twitter followers complain. Why don't you do any giveaways on Twitter? Why do all the Facebook guys get all the cool shit, et cetera, et cetera? Listen, I'm going to put this out there very easily. So everybody can understand new listeners and old listeners. I like doing the giveaways on Facebook because it, the audience participation and audience interaction and fan interaction is more effective on Facebook. Plus, I like knowing who the hell everybody is. Twitter is a little tricky because you do a contest, people follow you so they could get in on it, they win the contest, then they unfollow you. The people that are fans on the fan page are ride or die usually. These are the people that uh, participate every week, comment every week, like, com like stuff every week. You know, these are active people. That's why I like doing the Facebook contest more so, which leads me to the next thing. I got I got a ton of swag here, stuff, uh, Bluetooth speakers, uh, books, comic books, toys, stickers. We got all kinds of shit here, and I'm really tired of staring at it, and I want to give it away. I, I want to. I don't want to do it. I don't want to keep the shit, and some of it I, I can give to, to our staff and whatever. Some of the stuff the staff can use, but I want to give it away to you guys that support us. But if you guys don't participate... I can't reach through the screen and force you to participate. So please don't email me bitching about not winning a prize or us not doing enough contests and shit because I have a room full of stuff to give away. I kid you not. A room full of shit. I don't want to keep this stuff. I don't. But if you guys don't participate, I what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Seriously. And of course, you know, the staff, you know, I see Jay in there telling me to pass him that swag. Jay, I'm actually going to start passing you shit to review. So don't be asking to pass some swag because the stuff I give you to review is going to start being time sensitive. But seriously, you guys want stuff. You guys want giveaways and contests and stuff. And you guys want MTR to grow. That's that's the way it's got to work. I give shit away. You guys win it. Companies like it and they give us more stuff. Very, very easy. I'm, I kid you not. It's, it's, it's that simple. And it's not like I make the contest super difficult. You guys know. Sometimes it's trivia contest. Sometimes it's guess this picture. Sometimes it's whoever's ca uh, caption gets the most likes. Etc, etc, etc. Real, real easy shit. Because I kid you not. I don't want to keep this stuff. I don't. I, I, I get the stuff. I review it. I want to give it away. I don't want to keep it. I don't. If I can't return it to the vendors, I want to give it to you guys. I want to, I want to, you know, I want to spread the wealth. I want to make sure that, that our listeners get awesome stuff and that they love, you, you know, tuning in and following us and getting prizes. That's, that's what I want to do. Unfortunately, you guys really, really, really make it difficult. So there you have it. <laughs> there you go, Val. See, Val, you want to win some stuff, man. Get in on some contests. Simple as that. All right. So. Before I get into this week's MMA news and a lot of other stuff, I want to talk about a couple of things that went down this week. Uh, yesterday, yesterday, there there was a shooting by my office. Now, 
For those of you in the New York area, I'm sure you've heard about a shooting in East Garden City near my office. As a matter of fact, it is within walking distance of my office. Turns out guy, a guy was a vendor for a company that's located over there, was disgruntled for some reason or another, walked into the place at 10 o'clock in the morning, shot two people, and left. Now, since it wasn't walking distance from my office, a lot of people were messaging me and calling like, yo, man, everything okay? I, I kid you not, my entire, the entire area around my office, the surrounding area, the shopping center across the street from me, full lockdown. I mean, full lockdown. Every entrance to my office was blocked by a big-ass bus or a truck and a ton of cops. There was SWAT team. There were news. There were news crews, etc. And um, it's insane because, you know, people the the place where this happened was near a commercial area by a gas station by my office. Now there's one road in, and it's one road out. Guy went in, shot the two people, drove out. The entrance to the highway is uh, is honestly right around the corner so there, there was definitely a lot of hysteria a lot of panic um a lot of people in my office building were, were bitching to the super like yo man why didn't you lock down the building i sincerely doubt that that guy's gonna shoot someone and come into my shitty ass building which i've codenamed the shove it in because it looks like a really seedy motel and, and and hide out in there i kid you not i really doubt that he was gonna come into the shove it in and, and hang out or I doubt he was going to go into Roosevelt Field unless he was super crazy and, and and wild out. Turns out, guy hopped on a highway and his they found his truck in Putnam County. Now, I figured after the guy got out, his wanted level was so high that he probably drove through a car wash or went to an auto body until his wanted level went down. But then again, that's just my thinking. Seriously. It, it's, the guy was 62 years old, shot two people. And disappeared, I kid you not, in a matter of minutes. He and his vehicle was found in Putnam County, 70 miles away from my office. And the guy's like in the wilderness. So if you're, if you're a 62-year-old Asian man and you are on the run and you're in the wilderness, you're probably, you're probably going to blow your brains out. If you have no survival instincts or you're going to go out in a, in a, in a, in a blaze of glory in a shootout with the cops. But seriously, it, it was, it, it's crazy that this 62 year old guy gave the cops the slip. He was driving a white Honda pilot, which is a, a fairly large SUV. And honestly, the, a, a pilot, a Honda pilot in white is not to say that it's rare, but you don't see as many. The Honda pilots usually come in, in silver and, um, you know, they come in silver, they come in black, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, the fact that a 62-year-old guy gave you guys the slip is just a, is just a, uh, a crazy, crazy scenario. I, and, you know, I, I, I make light of it with GTA references and stuff because it, it, I expect our media, I, I really expect it, for, for them to say that the 62-year-old guy played GTA and that inspired him to go and shoot his co-workers. That's the kind of media that I uh, that I'd expect. Uh, gladly, you know, I'm very I'm very happy to report that that the press didn't go that route and they just realized that he was just disgruntled as all fuck, went in there and shot two guys and dipped out. Now, the thing that gets me is you're 62 years old. What the hell did they do to you 
to make you spaz out and shoot two people. One guy was the CEO of the company. Another guy was random, random guy A. I don't know if he had a, a beef with that guy or if the guy was there in the wrong place at the wrong time. But either way, what the fuck did they do to you at 62 years old that made you spaz out and go to work and shoot anybody? It's, it's insane. And I feel bad for, you know, I feel bad for both people that got shot, but I feel worse for the second guy because he died. And it's, it's because it's like, imagine just you go into work, minding your own business and you get shot. You know, like, like, like not to be, not, not, not to make light of it, but think about it. We all wake up, we all wake up, brush our teeth. Some of us, you know, have a little sexy time with our significant other, hop in our cars or hop on our buses or our trains and head to work without the single, without any inkling that you may get shot today. So it it was just really, really surreal that it's like a 62 year old guy. And, 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 you know, the, just the randomness of, of, of this guy getting shot with both people getting shot at 10 o'clock in the morning in an area that is super busy. Slick can tell you because he's, he's familiar with my area that that place, the area surrounding my office is incredibly busy especially at 10 o'clock in the morning. So for this guy to give the cops the slip and get on the highway and not be seen by anybody and end up in Putnam County is, is, is insanity. I'm telling you, it's insanity. He, he, he went to the pay and spray or he went to the car wash because there's no way that this guy shot two people, hopped on a highway, crossed a bridge or two, ended up in a completely separate county 70 miles away and no one saw him, no one, nothing, nothing, absolutely jack shit. Odds are he probably went into the woods, may have killed himself, and if he didn't, you know, he's 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 not getting out. He's 60 years old, he'll, he'll probably die in prison, so, what you know, obviously I'll keep you guys up to date with the story, but I figured I'd share that with you because it was, it was just such a, a tripped out scenario that just needed to be shared. All right, so... Before I get into the MMA, I also wanted to make light of GTA 5. Everybody's playing it. Everybody's loving it. I got to see a parent purchase GTA 5 for their 12-year-old kid. Uh, what's today? Thursday, Monday afternoon. Took my lunch break, went into Roosevelt Field, wandered into GameStop. Not not the shitty one, but the good one. Uh, shout out to those guys. And this lady's in there with her whiny-ass 12-year-old kid. And the kid's like, all right, new GTA. And he's like super pumped and the mother's paying for it. And the guy behind the counter, he's a fairly responsible guy. I I definitely got to show the guy some love because he never tries to to sell me on any pre-orders. And um, the kid's like, yeah, I got the new GTA. So the guy doing his due diligence says to the lady, oh, um, is this game for your son? She's like, yeah, he's been bugging me for weeks for it. Finally, he saved up his money and I'm picking it up. So the guy's like, well, how old is he? And she's like, oh, he's 12. And she's like, he's 12. And the lady's like, yeah, 12, 12 years old, you know, but he, but he's, he's a mature 12 year old. And it's like, no, bitch, you're not, you're, there's no such thing as a mature 12 year old. There's not fuck out of here. So. The guy's like, are you sure you want to buy this game? Because there's nudity, there's excessive violence, there's there's sexual situations. Just, just I'm letting you know in advance because a lot of parents aren't informed. 
and and I really gotta applaud this guy. I think his name was Jared, if I remember correctly. Anyway, the guy was like, "Yeah, you know, this game is a really really rough. I don't know if you want really want your kid to play this. I've had a couple of parents, much like you, that have bought the game, knowing what the deal is." No, Jarrett, J-A-R-E-T, slick. <laughs> um, but the lady was insistent, and the kid was like, come on, Ma, you bought me number four. And the lady was like, oh, all right, all right, and she paid for it. And I just laughed because I walked up, and I, I, I actually did a pre-order for WWE uh, 2K14 because I don't know if 2K is going to send it to me or not, but we'll see what happens. And the guy was laughing. Because he says to me, he goes, can you believe that? And I go, dude, nothing surprises me. And he goes, I had a lady that bought the game for her kids last week. I, I told her the same spiel. She came back in complaining about uh, the strippers and the, just the, 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 the sexual innuendo that was prevalent in the game. And I pretty much told the lady that she can't return it because she opened it. And I told you so. So what ended up happening was she bitched and bitched, he was saying, and they ended up giving her like a store credit. But again, it's 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 madness. It is it is it is so insane the lack of parental training. And I, I you know, I've gone into these these monologues about this stuff in our gaming segment on numerous occasions, but I wanted to share that with you guys because here's a game makes a billion dollars, which I'm going to discuss later on, and the parents are just not informed not informed or they just don't give a shit. So, you know, if, if when that 12-year-old kid is caught in in a school in a school bathroom trying out anal on his 13-year-old girlfriend and, you know, everybody's parents are called in, don't say we didn't warn you. And you blame GTA, don't say we didn't warn you. Simple as that. Anyway, that's uh, all the monologues and announcements for this week. Let's get into some MMA news because there is quite a bit to discuss. So UFC 165 went down this past weekend. Everybody was on pins and needles with the um, heavy favorite, of course, John Jones, defending his light heavyweight title against Alexander Gustafson, who many people felt was going to be the guy that was going to dethrone John Jones. Also, um, Henan Burrell defended his title against Eddie Wineland. But before I get into those fights, I did want to talk about a uh, couple of other fights on this card, which were really, really good. Um, first off, Pat Healy and Khabib Nurmagomedov was a tremendous fight. Um, just amazing violence from start to finish. Uh, Pat Healy is, is a guy that goes in there and really puts on an amazing show, but Khabib was not having any of it. Just a, a solid ass whooping from bell to bell. Khabib took the victory via unanimous decision, and it was... It was a, an insane performance. I was definitely impressed. Uh, Brendan Schaub, Matt Mitrione met in the middle of the octagon and proceeded to try and pummel the shit out of each other. Turns out Brendan Schaub, who everybody was clowning because of his Brazilian jiu-jitsu, actually won his fight via submission with a Darce choke at 4 minutes 6 seconds in the first round. 
definitely a, a very interesting setup for the Darce Choke. Uh, Brendan Schaub and Matt Mitrione got into a bit of a flurry, at which point uh, double leg ended ended with uh, Schaub and Mitrione's guard. And Schaub actually tried for the Darce Choke, got it, and Matt Mitrione went to sleep. Definitely impressed because everybody, like I said, was clowning Brendan Schaub from his um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu uh, performance that happened I'd like to say I think it was three months ago I'm trying to remember if it was for Abu Dhabi I don't think it was but it just everybody he was the subject of much much clowning because of his BJJ skills but the Darce choke was very nice Matt Mitrione lights out for him um, the interim bantamweight belt was defended by Henan Burrell taking on Eddie Wineland he proceeded to separate Eddie Wineland's consciousness from his body with a wonderful Wonderful spinning kick in the first round, which really got the the ball rolling. Second round, they looked to to really exchange uh, Burrell with another spinning back kick, which Wineland ducked. And as he ducked, he went right into it. It was just nasty the way it connected. Burrell went in academically with some extra shots to close things out. And then Burrell retains. Is still your interim UFC bantamweight champion. Of course, he awaits Dominic Cruz who is still nursing an injury and should be ready to unify the belt, I believe, in January. Of course, fight of the night, John Jones, Alexander Gustafson. What a fucking fight. This was Rocky Balboa, Apollo Creed level violence, and it was it was tremendous from start to finish. Um, Alexander Gustafson succeeded not only in taking John Jones down, but really making John Jones seem quote-unquote mortal. He, he bloodied the champion, bruised up his face, um, really looked super aggressive. I really felt Gustafson uh, edged out John Jones to take the belt from him, but it was not to be. John Jones ended up retaining via unanimous decision, which, again, really tripped me out. I think with that takedown in the first round, Gustafson definitely succeeded in edging out Jones. Jones definitely started getting his bearings in rounds four and five, but I think Gustafson definitely took first round, second round, and the third round. Again, that's just me. I've watched the fight a few times. The first time I watched it, I felt Gustafson took it. Second time, I was torn that it could have gone either way. And the third time I watched it before I, I did the show, I I still felt that Gustafson may have edged out Jones, but a lot of people were really, really quick to go on Twitter and talk about this fight being a robbery. This fight wasn't a robbery in the fucking least. I've seen a lot of really awesome fights that turned out to be robberies. This fight, ladies and gentlemen, was not it. It definitely was not it. On the contrary, this fight was extremely competitive. Extremely, and I really appreciated not only the, the tenacity of John Jones in this fight, but Alexander Gustafson showed no quit either. And there was no, there was no, he wasn't overwhelmed by the John Jones mystique. And it was funny because uh, Tommy Tollhold on Triple THS said that John Jones was spamming uh, leg kicks and spinning elbows. And it was, it was highly amusing to me because in a way that was true, but the fight was just way too good to, I, I, I was really, really hoping that we would get an immediate rematch, and I'm going to share my thoughts on that later on. But 
and and I got to give it to Slick. Slick says it in the chat. Do not leave it in the hands of the judges when it comes to title fights. Can't do it. Can't leave it in the hands of the judges. But like I said, it, it, it was such an amazing fight that if you didn't see it, do yourselves a, a favor. Look it up on YouTube. See if they got some highlights. Maybe um, bag it from uh, a torrent. Do something, something and watch this fight because it really was a Rocky and Apollo moment for these guys. And I, I really hope we would have seen uh, a rematch immediately, but unfortunately that is not the case. All right. So with that said, let's get into this week's ultimate fighter. So, of course, the ladies took the stage this week. Last week, it was the battle of the two Chrises. This week, it was Jessica Rakowski facing Roxanne Mataferi. Now, Roxanne Mataferi is a, 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 a young lady that's been fighting for quite some time. I really expected her to take the competition. Um, but, again, just you can't, you really can't. And and this is the thing with, with MMA and even the Ultimate Fighter, the fighters that you feel are favorites, just you, you get you get blown away because sometimes they just lose in the craziest of fashions. Of course, Shayna Baszler, who was the first pick for Team Rousey, losing her fight to um, oh, what the hell's her name? Shit, uh, losing her fight to uh, uh, Juliana Pena was just was just ridiculous, you know, because I really felt Shayna Baszler was the favorite. Anyway, let's get into the fight because there's no need to recap all the usual storytelling. The only thing I will say is that Brian Caraway was being Brian Caraway and Ronda Rousey is just being uh, psycho. <laughs> so uh, it's funny because in, in, Ra in Rousey's case, I, I really feel that a lot of people give Ronda Rousey a lot of a lot of beef about her being a head case and her being uh, quick to fly off the handle or speak uh, off color when it comes to her opponents or Brian Caraway. But here's the thing. The Ultimate Fighter is known for its great editing. And when I mean great editing, I mean in the sense that you can watch a show and know and, and with one of your favorite fighters. And you can be like, oh man, this fighter's awesome. And they will they will edit the show in such a way that your favorite fighter may come out looking like a complete douchebag. It's just the way it is. And then there are other instances where your fighter comes out looking like like a god. I mean, Chael and Jones had a had really a really great season, and the editing really it, it did got both those guys favors in Chael's case. They showed that Chael was an accomplished coach, very supportive of his team. In Jones' case, they just showed a different dynamic of his personality, which was good. With with the ladies, it's crazy because it's like you have these these two women that legitimately hate the hate each other, and this this reinforces the argument that I've always said, where you know all women hate each other. This is a hundred percent truth. All women secretly hate each other. They all do. They all do. And for those of you that have girlfriends or wives, you know what I'm talking about. They'll go your your girlfriend or your wife will hang out with her friends. Oh, there's my home girl. I love her to death. 
and then she'll come home and say to you, oh my God, she's dating this, this guy. He's a complete asshole. I don't know why she's such an idiot. Blah, blah, blah. That's, that's how it goes. All women secretly hate each other. They do. They do. And, and, and I'd love, I'd love for, for, uh, any of our female listeners to prove me wrong, but unfortunately that's almost a certainty. And with Rousey and Tate, that was the major selling point for this show. The women hated each other coming in. The the hate grew during the show. And Brian Caraway, of course, is just hated by everybody for whatever reason, including Ronda Rousey, who was pretty much on the verge of fucking her up, uh, beating up uh, Brian Caraway. But you guys got to watch that for yourselves. Anyway, let's get to the fight. Roxanne Mataferi, Jessica Rakowski, uh, very, very good opening round. Uh, Jessica Rakowski working the leg kicks to start. Roxanne Mataferi um, almost got an armbar, but Jessica Rakowski pulled it out. And um, again, Roxanne Mataferi going for different submissions. She went for a heel hook. Um, it, it, the round ended with them clinching against the fence, at which point um, Jessica Rakowski was put down. Second round was a little different, though. Uh, Roxanne went in to try and go for a takedown, but she got caught by Jessica Rakowski. But didn't matter. Roxanne went for another arm bar from the back. But again, Jessica Rakowski really, really had her submissions scouted. Here's the thing, though. Roxanne took her down finally, but Jessica Rakowski got top position and just just put the put the whooping on Roxanne Mataferi. Uh, Jessica slammed her, and you can see Mataferi was stunned, broke out the ground and pound, finishes the fight, and Ronda Rousey's team gets a win. It was just crazy the way it went down. Um, You know, Roxanne, super tired, but it it was crazy that Baszler and Roxanne, two highly, highly accomplished veterans, have, you know, lose, but... This, this is how reality TV works, especially with The Ultimate Fighter. Uh, Ronda Rousey makes the next fight. It's uh, Luis Fissette. He's taking on David Grant. And um, there's going to be some weight issues. Ronda Rousey's mom shows up. Uh, you know how it goes. Paint by numbers. Anyway, so far the season has been very good. Uh, we're four episodes in. And I'm really impressed with the way they're doing it. I think they're really having a lot of fun with the editing just making Rousey look like a complete head case, but definitely a solid season, and I'm glad it's starting to pick up some steam. Definitely something that I'm happy for because a lot of people were concerned that, um, you know, that was going to be one of the things that was going to turn a lot of people away, being on Fox Sports 1 and uh, things of that nature. To answer Val's question, he says, wait, the girls are coaching the guys. Yes, Ronda Rousey's coaching and Misha Tate is coaching, and the teams for both ladies are composed of men and women. So there you have it. Now, before people ask themselves, oh, you know, Ronda Rousey's a girl coaching guys, Ronda Rousey could probably fuck up a, a, a decent amount of those guys. The guys and girls are, are in the same weight class, so definitely very interesting to see. Um, and I, I do agree with what you were saying about giving the, the women a chance on their own, but... Who knows, maybe we will get an all-female season once the women's roster kind of rounds itself out, but so far, so good. I mean, the editing's a little crazy, but it's definitely an enjoyable season. All right, so let's get into the other MMA news for this week. 
Uh, fight bonuses for UFC 165 were $50,000. The bonuses were distributed as follows. Knockout of the night went to Henan Barrow. Submission of the night went to Mitch Gagnon. And fight of the night, which is not a shocker, went to John Jones and Alexander Gustafson. So there you go. Each one of those guys takes 50 grand. Now, a tweet that went out from John Jones's brother was making the rounds in the media this week. It was very interesting because it's you, it really shows you the differences in how much money John Jones is making versus his brothers who are in the NFL. So, uh, John Jones's brother Arthur Jones is a defensive end for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Chandler Jones uh, plays for the New England Patriots, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, he went on Twitter. Arthur Jones and said, I'm telling you right now that my brother John makes more money than me and Chandler together, which is insane. And I'll tell you why. Arthur Jones is a free is going to be a free agent next year, and he's making two million dollars this season. Chandler Jones is making one point five million, but has a guarantee seven million over four years. However, you got to take note that both that both players in the NFL are paid per season, not per fight. Also, they don't share in the NFL revenue, unlike certain MMA fighters that get a cut of pay-per-view bonuses. But th- listen to that very carefully. Arthur Jones makes $2 million a season. Chandler makes one point five. John Jones makes more than both brothers together. So... Taking the $2 million and the $1.5, you got $3.5 million. John Jones makes more than $3.5 million fighting in the UFC. Just let that shit sink in. Let it sink in. You know? And, and, and the reason I say this is because a, a lot of people talk about the, the difficulty of getting into the NFL, the difficulty about getting into MLB, the difficulty about any professional sport. MMA included, but the thing about MMA that that makes it accessible is that you train, you fight, you win, you put together a string of wins, you get noticed. You get noticed, you fight in the big time. In the big time, you got to just keep training, keep evolving, and getting more money. It's the same thing with pro sports. Guys go out there, have great showings, become free agents, get more money. But the thing that trips me out is that $3.5 million from two professional NFL players and John Jones makes more than that. Now, factor in a couple of things. John Jones is sponsored by Nike. So that's number one. And you know he's making a shitload of money. Second thing to consider, John Jones probably gets a cut of pay-per-view revenue, which is ridiculous when he's get, when he's fighting guys that people actually want to see. Number three, John Jones is the first mixed martial artist to officially be sponsored by Gatorade. How crazy is that? John Jones is now sponsored by Nike and Gatorade, which if you watched UFC 165, you saw that he had Gatorade on his gear. So definitely a lot of history is being made. A lot Love John Jones or hate him, he is good for our sport. He is good for the sport of mixed martial arts, much like GSP. These guys, they're, they're showing that combat sports, aside from boxing, can, can really 
be sustainable by big time sponsors. Simple as that. Think about it. GSP is sponsored by Under Armour. You go into any sports authority, Dick Sporting Goods, Models. First thing you see in that Under Armour section, alongside all the NFL players, George St. Pierre. Same thing with Nike. You go on Nike's website, you, you fish around, you see Anderson Silva, Junior Dos Santos, John Jones. Now, of course, the sponsorships for fighters are always a little sketchy because obviously if the guy goes on a losing streak, he may lose his sponsors or he might not. It depends, but that's something that's worth watching. Like right now, John Jones is being sponsored by Nike, sponsored by Gatorade. Will he maintain those sponsors if he loses? I'm curious to see how that pans out. Right now, obviously, he's still the champ. It is what it is. All right, let's get into the rest of the MMA news for this week. Uh, Anthony Paroche will be meeting Ryan Bader at UFC Fight Night 33. That's going down December 7th. In Australia, Mark Hunt will be facing Antonio Bigfoot Silva. Shogun will be taking on James Tahuna. My boy, Pat Barry, is taking on Soa Palais. Dylan Andrews will be taking on Clint Hester. Again, UFC Fight Night 33 goes down December 7th. All right. Also, this past Saturday, Bellator had their Bellator 100 event. I was heartbroken. Uh, one of the guys that I'm a fan of, Ben Saunders, lost his fight against Douglas Lima via a brutal head kick knockout. Meanwhile, John War Machine Copenhager defend, uh, defeated Vaughn Anderson with a rear naked choke in the second round. So definitely props to War Machine for being on the winning path. Uh, but bummed, of course, that Ben Saunders lost. Bellator 102 will be going down October 4th. That will mark the debut of Czech Congo with the organization. He will be in the heavyweight tournament semifinals. LeVar Johnson also will be debuting in Bellator, taking on Vinicius Carose as part of the heavyweight tournament semifinals as well. Also on that card, uh, Jason Butcher, uh, Brennan Ward, Perry Filkins, which will be, those guys will be competing in the middleweight tournament semifinals. So there you have it. Bellator number 102 goes down October 4th at California's Visalia Convention Center with the main card, as always, airing on Spike TV and the prelims on Spike.com. And if I get a chance, they will also be on MyTakeRadio.com. Ken Shamrock, a name you guys haven't heard in fucking ages, right? Ken Shamrock, last we heard, uh, besides being in TNA and WWE, and being in the UFC hall, being a UFC Hall of Famer, is in the doghouse with the UFC after a press conference at UFC 168. Dana White took Ken Shamrock to task. Of course, Dana White was criticized by Ken Shamrock, Tito Ortiz, and a couple of other fighters that are planning to show up and disrupt uh, UFC's anniversary show. Anyway, Shamrock said on Twitter to Dana White. You insult Randy, you swear at Frank, you put down Tito, you criticize Rampage. Do you have any respect left? So Dana White, in typical Dana White fashion, went with the following. And you guys are going to get a kick out of this. Uh, with regards to Tito Ortiz and those guys showing up at the UFC anniversary show, he said, what are they going to do? They're going to come in, sit in their seats and watch the fucking fights. Buy seats to the fights. Come, have fun, have a blast, grab some beers. Watch the show and have fun. 
Now, of course, when the subject went to Ken Shamrock, Dana White's tone went into a completely different atmosphere, which we all know when Dana White gets pissed off, it's always memorable. And I'm going to share with you verbatim what he said about Ken Shamrock. You're trying to become relevant again. That's what you're trying to do. Let's not forget, Ken Shamrock tried to sue us. Ken owes me $175,000, and I'm coming for it. Ken, I'm coming for the fucking money, you piece of shit. You should have stayed wherever you were, hidden under the fucking porch somewhere. The guy owes me $175,000 because him and his scumbag lawyer put together some phony lawsuit that he lost, and he owes me $175,000 in attorney's fees. He's out there talking about what he doesn't have to. He's out there talking about what he doesn't have and what guys aren't getting and all this shit. He's trying to make himself relevant again. And if, and if anybody can't see that shit, then they're just fucking stupid. Those were Dana White's words about Ken Shamrock. It's always really weird because a lot of guys, Rampage, Tito, Ken, these guys, I love all these guys. I grew up watching these guys. Hell, I have a Rampage action figure, uh, action figure, if you want to call it, on my desk, along with a Tito Ortiz action figure. The fact is, these guys... They come in the UFC, they make a fuckload of money, a legitimate truckload, and then they get mad because they're not making more money or because they're not getting the fights they want. I love Rampage. I am a huge Rampage fan. Big Rampage Mark, I am. Quote me on it. But I got I got to really see, I see through the bullshit sometimes because he's like, yeah, man, you know, I want to come in there and fight guys that don't take me down all the time. Are you fucking serious, dude? You want guys to come in there and stand and bang with you and possibly get put to sleep? Oh, yeah, because that's what I'm going to do. I have an opportunity to become a legend, to become a, a, a huge star in this sport, but because you want to stand and fight instead of just fighting the way you're supposed to, I'm supposed to cater to the way you want to fight. That's what you want. Tito, Tito's another guy. Love Tito to death. But every time he fucking loses, yo, my skull was cracked. Jenna swallowed too many of my kids and my talent. Um, Jenna Jameson beat me three weeks before the fight. And I blew out my ACL. But I stitched it together with Elmer's glue. But it came apart in the second round. Come the fuck on. Come on, guys. You guys are legends in this sport. You mean to tell me you don't have, you you didn't make legit money in the sport and you're upset. Rampage was a legend in Japan, a fucking legend. He was. And he came here to the States, fought in the UFC, won the belt, and then he just decided that I'm not going to wrestle. A guy who, who is a high-level wrestler believes in his hands so much, he's not going to wrestle. Then he gets mad when people take him down. Are you serious, dude? Are you serious? I'll be 100% honest. If my if my background was wrestling only, and, and they said, Rich, you're going to fight in the cage, and I started getting good with my hands, and my coach was like, hey, man, your hands are pretty good. You got some knockout power. Am I going to go out there and maybe stand and bang with the hope that my hands get me the victory? Fuck no, I'm going to go in there and use my wrestling if it's better than my opponent. That's it. These guys, they're all pissing vinegar. They all get mad about the, about not getting the opportunities. 
that some of the newer guys got. It was a different era. It was a different era of the sport. Compounded with the fact that some of these guys just don't want to improve. Or they want to just rely on, on the skills that brought them to the dance. There's more to it than that. When you got guys that are throwing kicks with a thousand pounds of force behind them, or guys that have knockout power that's the equivalent out of a, of a 40 mile an hour car crash, get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. Slick, if you get a chance, do me a favor, go on YouTube and pull up some sports science clips for Jose Aldo, John Jones, and Cain Velasquez, if, if you get a chance, and share those with the chat. These are guys that, they're, that they hit you with the intent of putting you in the hospital. These guys are trying to get paid because mixed martial artists have a, a, a limited shelf life. You can only fight a few years before either your skills don't continue to evolve because you refuse to learn or just because the wealth of talent is just better. There is one glaring exception, and that is Randy Couture. And that's because just because Randy Couture had had issues with, with Dana White. Like, Don't get me wrong. Sometimes Dana White fucks himself. But there are other times when the guy speaks truth. Look at Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock is a legend. This guy was one of the founding fathers of our sport. If I had to create a Mount Rushmore of MMA, it would be Tito Ortiz, Ken Shamrock, Randy Couture, and Chuck Liddell. And I'd have to expand that and include Fedor, Crow Cop, Rampage. You know what I mean? Like, these are veterans of the sport. And yeah, you guys get pissed off that you don't get these opportunities? Then evolve your game. Become better fighters. Just because you're good at wrestling and then you get a little, a little bit better at boxing doesn't mean that you should go out there and box. You need to go out there and win. Win decisively. That's it. Everybody, everybody shits on John Jones, but you watch John Jones fight. The guy uses wrestling. The guy uses Muay Thai. The guy uses submissions, sprawl and brawl, whatever works. Chael Sonnen is a high level wrestler and he got out wrestled by John Jones. John Jones out wrestled Chael in that fight. This is what I'm talking about. And I love these guys. Don't get me wrong. Rampage, Tito. I grew up with these guys. I grew up with Tito fighting with, 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 with sneakers on in the old UFC days. I, I grew up watching that. Ken Shamrock just being a complete, a complete psychopath. I'm not talking about Ken Shamrock in the WWE. I'm talking about old, grizzled, hardcore UFC Ken Shamrock. That guy. That's the guy I remember. Same thing with Tito. Same thing with Frank. Same thing with uh, with um, Rampage. Again, the only exception, Randy. And that's just because Randy and Dana White fucking hate each other. Which leads me into the next story, which involves Randy's son, Ryan Couture. Ryan Couture, of course, son of, Ran of Randy Couture, was cut by the UFC. And it's crazy because usually cuts occur when you lose three fights. Couture only lost two fights in the UFC... He made his professional debut in Strike Force. He went 6-1. He suffered back-to-back -back losses to Ross Pearson and Al Iaquinta. So, of course, Couture will probably go to Bellator and do fairly well, gain more experience, and maybe try and make another run at the UFC. But it lead a lot of people were saying, like, did the guy get cut 
because of the whole shit going on with Randy and, and Ken and all these guys. It really makes you wonder. It's crazy that the sins of the father are affecting the son. And in Ryan Couture's case, he really should have been given the an opportunity to try and win a third fight. But Dana White's going to say, you know, we got a roster with like 200 guys and we really got to trim the fat. So, you know, unfortunately, he was a casualty. That That's the, that's the response we're all going to get. Come on. Anyway. So... Of course, as I mentioned earlier, everybody talking about John Jones and Gustafson going for round two. Everybody figured that that was a no-brainer but and that it was going to go down. But, turns out, that was not the case. Dana White told ESPN that John Jones will be facing Glover Teixeira instead. So, you know, Dana White said, that's what the champ wants. We'll probably have that fight on, on the Super Bowl card in Jersey. So the plan is John Jones wants to fight Glover Teixeira. Then he definitely wants a rematch with Gustafson. He said, and I quote, I said before the fight, my sights were set on breaking the record. I want to crush the record. I want to beat the record so bad it can never be broken. I'm going to fly. I'm going to fight Glover and I will answer all the critics about the Gustafson fight. I will fight Gustafson after I fight Glover Teixeira. I won the fight but I look at it as a blemish on my record because some people think I didn't. I promise you, he will be next. So there you have it, folks. John Jones will not be having an immediate rematch with Alexander Gustafson. Instead, he will be meeting Glover Teixeira Super Bowl weekend in Jersey. All right, that's going to wrap up this week's MMA news. Let's get into some wrestling, shall we? We want the gold, sucker! Hulk Hogan, we coming for you, nigga! The World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. Alright, let's talk about Monday Night Raw, which was pretty solid. I, there were a couple of moments that I felt were complete horse shit, but the the build up to the next pay-per-view which is Battleground uh definitely started to pick up some steam this week and a couple of solid matches Del Rio and Kofi Kingston um opened things up with a non-title match in a very very competitive match with Alberto Del Rio getting the pinfall with the cross arm breaker. Now, the thing that gets me about this is that Kofi Kingston continues to show shades of greatness. I kid you not. He really, really has shades of greatness. But every time you think that he's going to get over that hump and and get himself into some sort of a of a higher point on the card, it just it just doesn't happen. Just doesn't, which is it it's to be expected because I like I said, Kofi needs a manager. But the match definitely a solid opener to get things rolling. Uh, the Wyatt family was in action against the primetime players in a match that I really felt was too short. And there was incredible potential for these guys to deliver a, a, a high-quality match. Both teams are are very skilled. They looked really good in there. Um, I, just, I just think it, it was... I don't know. I mean, I think the match clocked in at like five minutes. It went way too quick. And it almost felt like a squash because the Wyatt family legitimately just ran through the primetime players. 
Uh, after the match, Bray Wyatt attacked Darren Young, hit him with Sister Abigail, and of course we got our post-match celebration. But again, I'm just, I wasn't feeling it. You know, it's it's weird. It's really weird that these guys, they have this match that you really think is going to be a barn burner. It's going to light things up. And it just, it just didn't deliver. It really did not deliver, in my opinion. I was bummed only because, like I said, I expected more so from both teams. We had a shitty Miz TV segment with the with fucking Big Show. <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking tired of the Big Show just being a giant pussy-whipped goon. It just, it just doesn't work. Meanwhile, uh, Rob Van Dam and Randy Orton had a had a pretty decent match. Um, of course, Randy Orton being in full-on I'm-gonna-kill-you-dead mode, which, you know, it is what it is, but I really felt that Van Dam and Orton, while you wanted to go the double count-out, which was the safe route, I still feel that Randy Orton being this ultra-aggressive lunatic is... It's good, but against a guy like Rob Van Dam, who's probably challenging for a belt... It, it it really, it, it tripped me out. It really tripped me out a little bit just because I was like, really? That's, that's what we're going to do? We're going to, we're going to have Van Damme just take a, a super ass whooping from Randall, even though he is, he's challenging for a belt. Like, I don't know, man. I, I wasn't really, I didn't feel that that was just the right way to do things. I felt honestly, as cliched as it is, I didn't feel that it was what was best for business. It really wasn't. I, I felt that if, if anything, you give Randy Orton a different guy and let Rob Van Dam continue his momentum going into the, um, you know, going into the pay-per-view. Killing, killing him dead with Randall is just, just didn't work for me. It really was something that, that did more harm than good. Especially, like I said, when you're grooming this guy or getting this guy ready to challenge Del Rio. Then we got a uh, a brand new promo with these fucking shitheads, and I'll let you guys figure out who I'm talking out talking about right now. Those who come to the arena believe that the battle they are witnessing is man against bull. The matador knows this is not true. It is man against himself. A reflection of his fears, his passions, his desires. A man who does not know this will surely meet his fate in the arena. But there were two men who knew it so well that it was said that they carried the spirit of the bully inside them. Next Monday on Raw, Los Matadores will fight again. Let me explain something to you and prepare yourselves because rage is imminent. I, if, if you don't know by now, I am Puerto Rican. I speak Spanish, I eat rice and beans, I cook Hispanic food, I am, I'm as brown as brown gets. <laughs> Fuck you, Slick. <laughs> and 
the thing that gets me with this gimmick is um is that is is the fact that Vince McMahon sits there and he figures well we're going to make them Spaniards but but Vince they're they're Puerto Rican they're all the same throw a throw a bull at them dress them up in giant Goya cans and send them out there but but Vince, if you send them out there dressed as Goya cans, it's gonna really upset the Hispanic audience. Fuck them! They'll work at Home Depot and buy the merchandise anyway. Like it, it, it's it's ins- like look, man. There are for th- for the uninformed that live in a bubble, there is a multitude of different types of Hispanics. There are different types. Puerto Ricans, you know what we do? We beat our wives, we have a lot of kids, we abuse the welfare system, and we make really good rice and beans. That's what we do. Mexicans hang out outside of Home Depot. This is not a fact, this is not a stereotype, this is a fact. They work harder than most people. They do the shit that other people don't want to do. You know, Colombians, cocaine. Ecuadorians, gangs. Venezuelans, hot chicks for soap operas. The list goes, Dominicans, uh, bodegas. Seriously, you go down a list of every type of Hispanic and you can really tell us apart. I'm fucking sorry. It, it you can. Look at look in the chat room. Waffles. Waffles is Hispanic. You put waffles next to me, I look like a regular guy that you see in GTA. Waffles looks like he should be doing heart sacrifices in Tenochtitlan with fucking Cortez. Come on. You you can fucking tell us apart. You're going to take two Puerto Ricans that you know are Puerto Ricans and you're going to throw them in the Aldo Montoya jockstrap masks and make them bullfighters and think that no one's going to notice because you're going to make them say ole. Get the fuck out of here. You're insane. As soon as they come out, I hope to God that, that people start chanting Primo and Epico. I hope so because it's stupid. I want to borrow a, 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 a storyline that Josh told me. He said that you should just take every Hispanic wrestler and make them a different Sin Cara. Fuck it. Since you think we're all the same, then dress all of us up as Sin Cara and send us all out every week. Sin Cara Negro, Sin Cara Azul, Sin Cara Red, Sin Cara Taco Truck, Sin Cara fucking Home Depot worker, Sin Cara Landscaper, just different Sin Caras. Like every day, every week, there should be a different Sin Cara. Just take all the Hispanic wrestlers, dress them up as Sin Cara, and every week they all wrestle. And I don't give a shit. You could have, you could have, you know, Mr. McMahon no here today, Sin Cara. You could have the groundskeeper one. You could have the dude dressed up like, like the bee, like the fighting bee from The Simpsons with a Sin Cara mask. Fuck it. Just, just go, just do that. Just do that. Different Sin Caras every week. A blue one, a red one, a yellow one. And I don't care. Fat ones, skinny ones. Put 
Ricardo Rodriguez in a Sin Cara mask, which you clearly know he's a little bit more heavy set than regular Sin Cara. So he'll be Sin Cara Deluxo, fucking Sin Cara Gordita, whatever the fuck you want to do. If that's what you feel, at least do something where these guys aren't, aren't typecast so terribly. Because that's what it is. It just shows a lack of research. And again, it leads me back to when Primo and Epico were on television and JBL put them over and talked about Carlos Colón and Carlito Cool and all these guys and the heritage and the legacy of Puerto Rican wrestling. Guys like Savio Vega, guys that came out and were trailblazers for Puerto Ricans. You want to reach the Latin audience, but every guy that comes out there that we connect with, you automatically want to make him Mexican. That's what you want to do. Just because Rey Mysterio got over doesn't mean two Puerto Rican guys can't get over. Why is it that every every Hispanic guy has to be a luchador or a fucking essay or, uh, you know, ground, landscapers? You guys remember, there were the three, the three luchadors that came out on the fucking lawnmower. On the lawnmower. Three Mexican guys. Super Crazy was one of them. On a lawnmower. To quote what Jay says, who would agree? Who would agree to that? Like if I were Primo and Epico, yo, you guys are going to be bullfighters. ¿Qué? Vete pa'l carajo con esa mierda. That's what they should have said. That's what, that's what I expected them to say. Like some legit Puerto Rican belligerence. That's what I expected. Oh, you guys are going to go out there with fucking capes and a bull. And, and yo, if I would have been them, I would have sat there and been like, so, so you want me to dress up with a fucking mask and a shiny jacket looking, looking like a sparkler on the 4th of July. Maricone. Seriously, like, like, come on, man. Are you, are you kidding me? Are you serious? And that's what upsets me. What upsets me is just that, the fact that Vince and creative sit back there and they're like, all right, so what are we going to do with this brand new African-American superstar? I say we give him a criminal gimmick and he comes out and he starts rapping, but, but we have that already with our truth. Fuck it. We need more rapping black guys. Seriously, like Vince is back there. Damn it. Put Biggie Langston in a kufi. We need a rapping Muslim black wrestler. He's going to hand out bean pies when he comes down the ramp. But but Vince, that's that's incredibly racist. Bean pies, damn it. Give out bean pies, you son of a bitch. Come on, man. Stop. Stop it. <laughs> that's, you know, thank you, Val. Yeah, let, let's make him a pimp. I want you to go out there with hoes. Bitch better have my money, but but Vince, but Vince, that's we, the, the Godfather. He, he he did that. Well, this one, this one gives him meth. He's gonna come out there with meth whores. That's it. Bitches with one tooth. Get him outside the arena, damn it. One tooth bitches. Ugh, come on. Think about it. Think about every minority. Every minority in the WWE has some sort of a racially motivated gimmick. Almost all of them have a racially motivated gimmick. Think about it. You got you got R-Truth coming out there shucking and jiving 
and and you know just being every negative stereotype that people have about about black people you have here we go here's a good one you have the the unico and the other guy unico and camacho as essays coming out on the lowrider bicycle right you had Primo and Epico with the shitty reggaeton entrance, the sparkly Puerto Rican vest, and you know what the worst part was? They didn't even say when they'd introduce them from Puerto Rico. They would say from the Caribbean. Like every Hispanic from Puerto Rico, Cuba, and the Dominican Republic is all from the Caribbean. Like there's not like there's not different islands. Like there's not different different types of spics. And I can say that. That's my disclaimer. I'm Hispanic. I can say it. Much like anybody, you know, can say the N-word or call each other a nigger or nigger or whatever. I am saying that. Yes, I said it. It's true. They never say from Puerto Rico. No, they, they say from the Caribbean. Which, which, uh, fuck you. You know, I, I'm just, I'm just horrified that it, it you know these guys these poor bastards from such a uh, an amazing bloodline have just a, a shitty 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 entrance you know and and shitty gimmicks and shitty associations it, it's it's an embarrassment yoshi tatsu is another one that poor guy that poor guy is immensely talented, but you know, we're just going to send you out there and you're not going to speak English and you're going to bow when they tell you to bow. And, and yeah, that's what you're going to do. That's what you're doing. It's, it's, it's terrible. It is fucking terrible. And, and worst of all, let me see if I can find Primo and Epico's music. Cause nothing screams. Nope. Not that one. That's not it. That one, even though that was one of their earlier ones, I want to find the their original music, which just screams, yo, I hang out on 116th Street and play dominoes on Saturdays. It's, uh, where is it? Let me, let me find it. Is it this one? Please let it be this one. I think it's this one. Listen to this shit. Listen to it. Like, I should see Daddy Yankee running down the street with scantily clad girls to a bodega, buying some Mavi, some fucking coconut candies, and playing outside some dominoes with the old Spanish guys that hang out outside of the bodega. Like, seriously, you can't just give them some, like, some, like, badass music. But you know what's funny? It says Puerto Rico there, but then when they come out from the Caribbean... From 116th Street. From now on, it should just be, you know what? I think, let me see. Uh, I, I'm going to have a little fun with this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, from the island that no one gives a fuck about, 116th Street in Manhattan, I bring you... The Goya Brothers! Like, that's what it is. That's what it comes off as. It's, it's, it's disgusting. It's 100% fucking disgusting that that's the, that's the way shit goes down. 
those poor guys, they don't even say they're from like they, 116th Street, the Bronx, from El Barrio. It's get the fuck out of here. I'm trying to find the sound effect that lets me do the arena. I'm really trying to find it. Let me see. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, the fighting speaks. Like that's, that's the kind of shit, you know, that I expect, you know, they should, they, why don't you just call it, you know, the, the fighting cocks at that point, just lo, lo, los gallos, just call them the gallos. And that way, when people talk about what's a gallo, oh, they're the fighting cocks. Like, ugh, fuck you, Vince. Fuck you and fuck creative. You shit-kicking motherfuckers. It upsets me. It upsets me that every week we see we see these bullfighters, these, these poor bastards. We see them. Guys with immense talent. Guys that are that are incredible. Just just killing it. Just killing it. That you watch old videos of, of wrestling in Puerto Rico and you see Carlos Colon. Even even Carlito. You see Carlito do going out there. Killing it. These guys fucking Aldo Montoya masks and shiny fucking jackets. Why don't you just dress them like soccer players? Why don't you do that? Masked soccer players. That's it. We're gonna make we're gonna we're gonna do racially charged gimmicks. Masked soccer players, or we're gonna go with a, a, another one. Another one. Here's a good one. We're gonna do the masked soccer players versus the masked taco vendors that's it the guys come out in a tiny replica taco truck they get out they got aprons covered in fucking salsa and shit and they got masks on and they have uh their their finisher is called the taco dropo or some stupidness because that's that's the kind of shit that we come up with that's what creative comes up with for 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 hispanic wrestlers that's all we are luchadors bullfighters um tito santana there you go just 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 shit complete shit and vince just laughs because vince sits back he doesn't give a shit do you think vince cares about about racially motivated gimmicks fuck no vince doesn't care he doesn't give two shits all he cares about is about the hispanics got somebody they can root for because we didn't give a shit about Alberto Del Rio, so he figures we'll give him we'll give him the bullfighters instead. Give me a break. Fandango took on Santino. That was a job fest. Uh, CM Punk come out there, came out, and you know he whooped Paul Heyman's ass. Then he got killed by Ryback, who's you know Paul Heyman's fucking lover. Because you know two men can't kiss each other with everybody automatically. Why is Paul Heyman doing a gay gimmick? He's not doing a gay gimmick. He's being a heel. Like, this was the shit I saw on Twitter. Paul Heyman kissed Ryback. Who fucking cares? I love you, man. You saved my life. It was funny because when he kissed him, Paul Heyman looked like like an old woman. Like, sitting in the wheelchair. Oh, you're so strong. I love you. Like, that's what it looked like. like everybody's like, oh, you know, WWE's doing this gay shit. I'm like, yo, come on, man. Get the fuck over it. Who cares? It's all part of the story. But this is this is the shit people complain about. Twi Twitter had at least five or six comments. 
First you got Darren Young, now you got Heyman being gay. Like, are you kidding me? You fucking dickheads. I'm serious. Like, that's that's what happens. Like, everybody's on some super homophobic shit. And the thing that kills me, it's like, you're homophobic behind a keyboard. But when you get called out on it, nah, man, you know, I, I don't have a problem with that. Listen. There's there's there was nothing wrong with that. It was all part of it was all part of that. It was all part of the story. That's what it was. Jay says it best. Thank you. You ever been kissed by your dad? I wouldn't know. I never met my dad, but seriously. It happens. It, it but but people people that's the kind of shit that people jump on. Yes, Dark Helmet, Twitter is full of assholes, but it wasn't even just Twitter. Like, people like message boards, Reddit, like, yo, what's up with Paul Heyman and this gay shit? Really? It was gay shit that he was like, I love you, man, you saved my life. Like, get the fuck over it. It's wrestling, the shit is fake. It's real to me. It's real to me. Come on. Stop it. Get the fuck over it. You know what's funny? Remember, uh, uh, I think it was the Raw before last when the guys came out and they had get Daniel Bryan on their on their shoulders. Everybody was like, "Oh, you know, Darren Young is mad hype that he's that he's touching Daniel Bryan." Like, are you kidding me? Like that was an awesome ending, and you know it was an awesome ending. And the only thing you can focus on is the fact that Darren Young is gay and he's holding up Daniel Bryan. You homophobic shit kicking pieces of shit. Get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. I'm sorry. I just, I, I, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of that, of that real bigot, bigot style bullshit. I'm not. Listen, I say it all the time. I'm a piece of shit. Just like everybody else. We're all pieces of shit in God's toilet bowl. But you have to, you have to accept the fact that you're not alone in this universe. There are black people, there are white people, there are straight people, there are gay people. There are people of from different ethnic backgrounds that may or may not like their own race. You know how many Puerto Ricans I know that are racist, like old school racist Puerto Ricans. I'm like, yo, how could you be racist when you got big ass soup cooler lips and flat feet? How are you racist? What, because you're a little lighter than everybody else? Get the fuck out of here. Or, 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 or black people that are racist against lighter-skinned black people. What the fuck is that? Get out of here. Chinese people hate Japanese people, hate Korean people, hate people from Thailand, hate people from Singapore. Do you realize that when we that when somebody looks at you in a racist point in a, from a racial standpoint, they don't give a fuck what part of Asia you're from. They're just gonna call you something derogatory. Charlie Chan, Hong Kong Fui, whatever the fuck they're gonna call you. I'm Puerto Rican. I bag on my own race because a lot of us are lazy pieces of shit. I say that openly on air. I embrace my shittiness. The late Patrice O'Neal said it best. Embrace your shittiness. Your shittiness. Wear it as a comfortable blanket. Because that way you don't make excuses. 
You don't make any excuses for what you are. I went through some some racial shit with with my future in-laws that, you know, I'm not going to get into because that's 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 super inside, but the fact is that again, these are people that, you know, you meet face to face and they're all, "Yeah, man, you're you're fucking awesome." And then when you walk out of the room, they're like, "Oh, did the spick leave?" Like that's what I'm saying. That's what upsets me about like stuff like this. Like, you know, I'm going into this whole other avenue of of wrestling but it's true racial gimmicks and all that stuff it's reinforced it just reinforces closed thinking it does so what paul Heyman kissed ryback who gives a shit it's wrestling it's fake that i'm 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 tripped out i i forgot about the darren young thing because i didn't do the show last week but that's what it was. Like, people are like, yo, man, you know Darren Young is mad hype right now, feeling up on Daniel Bryan's leg, yo. You know how many comments were under a photo like that? Are you serious? I didn't even think about it. I didn't even put two and two together of, oh, Darren Young's gay and he's holding up Daniel Bryan. Who fucking cares? Who gives a shit? But this is what happens. Everybody gets offended. Everybody, listen. Public service announcement. Embrace your shittiness. I'd rather know that you're a racist two-bit piece of shit to my face and we can establish boundaries versus you being a two-bit racist piece of shit behind my back. That's it. I know a guy whose whose father is super racist. Super racist. I know a guy. And 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 I'm friends with him and we're cool, but I've always told him. I'm like if your pops ever says some derogatory Spanish shit, I'ma fuck him up. And you know what he said? He's like, yo, man, I wouldn't blame you. Cause he, he doesn't know he doesn't know when to shut that shit off. That's it. This is this this is life, people. We're all shitty. We're all shitty in our own ways. I know I, I you know, there's people that are white that they see a Hispanic or a black person walking down the street and they cross the street automatically just because they think that every Hispanic or black person is out to rob them. Sure. That may be percent. That may be true. 70% of the time, but still it's it just, just embrace your racism. Just, just be one with it. Be one with your shittiness. Embrace your inner asshole. It'll be, it'll be better for you. It'll be better for everyone around you. That way you don't make any, any, false impressions you don't give people a false image it is who you are i am an asshole i am rude i am crass i will push a small annoying child into a pile of of tissue because i've done that i will trip a kid running down an aisle if you're if you're whatever race you may be and you cut me off or nearly run into me because you're on a cell phone, I may roll down the window and say something racially motivated. Why? Because I'm telling you that that's what the fuck I do. That simple as that. Embrace it. Take your inner asshole and give it a hug. Look your look at yourself in the mirror and go, I am a piece of shit and I love me. Because I tell you, I tell myself that all the time, like, you are a son of a bitch and an asshole. But that's it. I'm, seriously, like, like to, to sit there and see such a great moment on Raw, and the only thing you can focus on is Darren Young being gay? 
or 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 Raw when you know a, a decent episode of Raw with a lot of of plot advancement, and the only thing you can focus on is Paul Heyman kissing Ryback on the cheek. There are three hours of wrestling on television, and that's the only thing that bothered you. Not Stephanie McMahon's shitty acting or Los Matadores. No, 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 no. You were upset that Paul Heyman playing a character kissed Ryback, who's a character. Seriously. Please, people, please. Embrace your inner asshole. Love it. Cherish it. And, and don't make any apologies for who you are. If you're a racist piece of shit, I want to know you're a racist piece of shit. As long as you keep that shit to yourself, we're cool. Like I said, my boy's pops is racist as shit. Hey, hey man, you want to go get some pizza? I don't eat that guinea shit. That's what he said. That's what he said verbatim. That's what he said. I'm like, holy shit, he just said that. Like, if I were Italian, I'd have to fuck you up. I just looked at him like, yo, are, are you for real, bro? Like, I looked at my boy and he was just like, yeah, you know? But that's what I'm saying. Please. Please just just embrace your your shittiness and 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 enjoy what you watch and enjoy the world around you. Cuz guess what? You may wake up tomorrow and and this I'm going to cite my fellow Puerto Ricans who are racist. You may wake up tomorrow and get robbed by one of your own fellow Puerto Ricans and the person who saves your life and helps you might be black. What then? Might be Asian. No, no, no. Ah, you know, because that's how it goes. Old school. You see these old school Puerto Ricans, and Jay knows what I'm talking about. Ah, me no me gustan los negros. They'll say some shit like that, but yo, you, you're, you're blacker than me. How are you racist? My own people. I bag on my own people because they be racist as shit. It's like you, you, you motherfuckers came over here on a boat with Columbus. And y'all were dark skin as shit. And y'all are complaining. Get the fuck out of here. I just, I can't. I can't. I can't do it. I can't. I'm sorry. It's like the, the, racial char the racially charged gimmicks and the, and the homophobia. It's like, yo, you watch wrestling. Motherfuckers covered in baby oil wrestling each other. But you have a problem that Darren Young is gay. But we watch wrestling. You watch niggas in fucking drawers beat the shit out of each other, covered in baby oil. Like, think about that. Think about it. Think. For real. Like, yo, come on, man. People kill me. They they just kill me. All right. Let me let me move on. I would I would want to talk about Natalia, Naomi, Cameron, and Nikki and Bree with Eva Marie taking on AJ Lee, Alicia Fox. Layla, Tamina, and Oksana, but... Boo! Yeah. That, that sums up that. Anyway, Daniel Bryan came out, cut an awesome fucking promo because Daniel Bryan is, is, is bearded Jesus, and um, it was awesome. If you didn't watch it, Check out this greatness from the bearded one himself. Last week, I was stripped of the WWE Championship 
because I was accused of conspiring with WWE official Scott Armstrong. Like, like I just went up to him and said, hey, hey, Scotty, if there is any point here at Night of Champions where I could conceivably win, when I go down for that pin, just to ensure my victory, just, could you use a fast count? Now, I'm not the most intelligent human on the planet, but you don't need to fast count a man when he's already knocked out. And if you want to talk about conspiracies, Randy Orton and Triple H, that's a little more plausible. Now, it seems strange that Triple H, after firing Scott Armstrong, gave him such a reasonable uh, deal leaving. I mean, he gave him a lot of money, uh, and that's, that's weird. But, uh, but really, I don't know what happened at Night of Champions, and quite frankly, I don't care, because what's done is done. But I do know this, it doesn't matter what version of Randy Orton shows up, whether it's the new, nice, happy Randy Orton or the old, vicious Randy Orton, it doesn't change the outcome that in two weeks at Battleground, I take back what's mine, the WWE Championship! No guest referees, no excuses. I am sick of Randy Orton hiding behind his boss's skirts, and in Buffalo, there will be no more hiding. Because the next day, when he wakes up from the beating that this B-plus goat-faced troll gives him, when all their plans to screw me over have failed, he is going to hear one word etched over and over again in the back of his brain. It's going to be a word that's going to haunt him for the rest of his miserable life, and it's going to be the word that the entire arena will be chanting after I win at Battleground, and that word is this. Yes! 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 Yeah. Daniel Bryan, God tier promo, ladies and gents. God tier. Yes, I took a break and got some water because I love doing the Vince McMahon voice, but it, it, it tears me to shreds. Anyway, uh, Monday Night Raw ended with the 11-on-3 elimination handicap match with The Shield taking on Daniel Bryan, The Uso, Zack Ryder, RVD, Justin Gabriel, R-Truth, Dolph Ziggler, the primetime players, and Kofi Kingston. What a, a tremendous match. The Shield definitely were put over big time in this match. It was, it was badass from start to finish. I loved it. All the great spots in this match were, were tremendous, but The Shield, The Shield just looked amazing in this match like if anybody has any doubts of the shield being successful think of all the different styles that they had to deal with in this match think about it you had technical with daniel bryan high flying with justin gabriel and the usos brawling zach Ryder and rob van dam and r-truth 
regular polished WWE style with Dolph Ziggler. Hybrid cruiserweight and WWE style with Kofi Kingston. Just such a great mixture. Great mixture. Don't get me wrong. A lot of guys just got, they got killed, you know, murder, death, killed like Justin Gabriel. But the fact is that just such a, a huge contrast of styles. Just really thank you. The power game from Titus O'Neil. Thank you, Slick. And that's what I mean. It, it was, it was, you know, it was weird because Slick says the shield, you know, instantly KO and people pissed them off. But you got to look at it like this. The shield they they need to continue to to that that momentum because if you notice the matches they've been having have been up and down they've been winning and losing winning and losing winning and losing and um you know you, the thing that gets me with that is that people people were like oh man you know the shield the shield were really put over in this match and that's what you wanted you don't need to put over Dolph Ziggler you don't need to put over Daniel Bryan. You don't need to put in the Usos. Yeah, the victory was great for those guys, but you need the Shield to to be to reestablish themselves as a dominant force. Because you know what's funny? The Wyatt family came in, and I really thought that the Wyatt family were just gonna be just killing people every week, sacrificing people to the sheep god. But that's not what happened. It's not what happened at all. On the contrary, they came in. They started off well, and then blech. the shield, you, you got to keep those guys strong. They are the backbone of this angle because Triple H, I doubt he's going to get in the ring anytime soon. So who do you got left? The fucking big ass crying big show. <laughs> I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> like, come on. Fuck out of here. That shit doesn't work. No. 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 Yeah, but overall, Raw was alright. It was it was it wasn't it wasn't the shittiest. It wasn't the shittiest. But it it it, it worked. It worked. It worked. You know, it was it worked for what it was. Like if I had to Raw was definitely more more than a six, probably a seven and a half this week. It was, it, it was solid. It definitely was solid. Anyway, let's get into the rest of the wrestling news for this week. So Kurt Angle should be out of rehab. There's no set date for him to come back to TNA, but he is supposed to be inducted into the TNA Hall of Fame during Bound for Glory, and he should be wrestling on that show, so... I'm assuming he'll probably be back a couple of weeks before then. Anyway, I wanted to talk about Kevin Nash and Scott Hall based on a bit of news that came out of the Wrestling Observer newsletter. Kevin Nash recently said at Comic-Con that he feels that him and Scott Hall should be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame together. He, you know, Kevin Nash noted that there has been discussion of inducting him and Scott Hall together. And I, you know what? I think it's well-deserved. And the reason I say that is because, sure, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall had great moments by themselves as Diesel and Razor Ramon. But when Hall and Nash showed up in WCW, it started a chain reaction that changed the landscape of professional wrestling. It needs to be acknowledged. Regardless of what you feel about Kevin Nash or Scott Hall as individuals, you have to recognize the fact 
that when those guys showed up in WCW, the wrestling business was changed forever. And yeah, you could talk about Stone Cold and The Rock and D-Generation X, but I'm talking about Hall and Nash's contributions. Those guys got the ball rolling on what was probably one of the most epic times in professional wrestling. They definitely deserve to go in there. Just on that achievement alone. Going in as the outsiders, it's it's you know, it's it's amazing. It's amazing and, and they, they do deserve it. They do. They do. Ah, Waffles says Waffles lives in Texas. He says that Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and X Pac are gonna be at Comic Con in Texas. That's awesome, dude. Or if you're gonna go, you know, bag a picture, I'll definitely share it on the fan page if you're gonna go. But I, th- I think Nash and Hall definitely have earned themselves a Hall of Fame slot. Uh, this next bit of news is weird and pretty much what the fuck worthy because a certain diva who is married to a certain undead superstar is rumored to be coming back to wrestle at WrestleMania 30. This particular diva, or former diva, I should say, is the one and only Michelle McCool, who was recently seen working out at WWE's Performance Center in Florida. Sources are saying that she looked in great shape and that she's in talks to come back for a WWE run to set up a feud for a big match at WrestleMania 30. This is about the best thing I can use to sum that up. yeah that's what sums up michelle mccool coming back and wrestling Get the fuck out of here. You want to know why? Because everybody feels Michelle McCool was this grandiose, awesome diva that did so much, so much that she did. All she did was steal the gimmick from Angelina Love and Velvet Sky with Layla. That's all she did. How many memorable fucking matches can you count on one hand that she had? Someone. Anyone. Bueller? Anyone? No. Nothing. Zero. Donut. If you told me Lita's coming back, I'd be like, oh shit, that's kind of awesome. She'll probably, she could probably have a couple of solid matches. If you told me Beth Phoenix was coming back, Molly Holly was coming back, Gail Kim was coming back, you know, bitches that actually matter, women that can actually wrestle, then you know what? I would, it wouldn't be chirping crickets. It wouldn't be chirping crickets at all. It would be it would be excitement. It would be people cheering. It would be like, oh shit, that's awesome. But it's Michelle McCool. Get out of here. No. Stop trying. WWE has tried for the longest to make her relevant. You fucking you no one cares about you. Like her her necessity to be there with the divas is okay. 
But this whole big grandiose, oh, she's going to come in and do a big match. With who? AJ? Caitlyn? AJ could probably sell a match better wrestling against a nobody. Get out of here. Yep, that's right. Jay Santee said it. She stole AJ Styles Styles Clash. Called it the Faith Breaker, and then she acted like she never saw it before. Yep, I remember that. Oh, I've never seen that before. Get the fuck out of here. Yes, we understand you're married to Mark Calloway. We got it. That gives you incredible stroke, incredible pull. But no, you were you were a regular diva. You're not even Hall of Fame material. Fuck out of here. You're in the diva search. No. Anybody that says, oh yeah, Michelle McCool was a Hall of Famer on what planet? Please let me know. Let me know on what planet Michelle McCool is a Hall of Famer. None whatsoever. Simple as that. Another guy who they're trying to put something together for is, of course, The Rock. They are praying on hands and knees that The Rock comes back for WrestleMania 30. The plan allegedly is for him to face Brock Lesnar with The Undertaker putting up his streak against Ryback. If Rock decides not to show up, they're going to have Lesnar face The Undertaker. According to what the Wrestling Observer published, they said that the plan is for Taker, for Taker would be that Paul Heyman would use one of his guys to try and end the streak after CM Punk failed. Obviously, Ryback would be a shoo-in due to his partnership with Heyman. And it's funny because allegedly they said that some people in management feel that if the streak were to end, Ryback could be the guy to do it. What the? Are, are you kidding me? Ryback ending the streak? Ryback. Ryback ending the streak. Oh my god! Ah! 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 Oh, that's better. Ah! 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 Here you go! Yeah, no. Ryback ending the streak? Are you fucking crazy? The only thing that I would like to see is... And, and sure, people are going to shit on this, but Hogan's contract is up. Have Hogan face The Undertaker for the last match. And have Hogan put The Undertaker over and The Undertaker retire. Because that match, of course, ha has some significance. There's history there. Sure, they would be fucking slow as shit. But, you know, you throw in some props, hit each other with some chairs, that kind of shit. But, but Ryback? Ending the streak? Ugh, get out of here. Thank you, Slick. Ryback can end the streak because he will definitely injure The Undertaker. There you go. Ryback will fucking slip on a banana peel like the old Doyles, and drop the Undertaker on his head and put him in a wheelchair. Knock on wood, hopefully that doesn't happen. But seriously, like, like Hogan and the Undertaker, I, I could live with that. Lesnar and the Undertaker, I could live with that. The Rock and the Undertaker, I could live with that. Because there's, 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 there's a story there. There's history there. There's 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 something epic about that. Like imagine a WrestleMania where it's like the great one versus the dead man. 
and it would it would people would would see that regardless of oh it's two part-time guys fighting it doesn't fucking matter doesn't matter people would see that they would fuck it's funny jay santi brings up goldberg if goldberg came back i'd want goldberg and the undertaker with the fucking streak it would be amazing people would watch that man the undertaker's a guy who don't worry about breaking the streak worry about using him in great matches that's it. If the guy's going to wrestle one match a year, let him wrestle a match that is just, that is epic, that people are just talking about for months and months and months on end. Do you think anybody gives a fuck about Goldberg and, and Ryback? Anyone? No. Absolutely not. Ugh. Fucking, fucking terrible. Terrible. Anyway. Last bit of news to close things out. WWE has a huge milestone that they announced on Twitter. WWE and its superstars now have more than 200 million Twitter... Uh, excuse me. Not Twitter followers. 200 million followers across 11 social networks. That's some amazing shit. 200 million between WWE and its superstars. That's, that's insane. That is insane but you know that wwe's embrace social media and they they've earned it they've they've earned the accolade so props to wwe and all the superstars for making that crazy crazy milestone and i'm sure that 200 million will soon become you know 300 million rather quickly all right guys that's going to wrap up this week's wrestling segment Let's get into some gaming news. So of course it wouldn't be it would be a no-brainer to open up with the fact that GTA 5 has sold 1 billion dollars during its first 3 days of sales. According to estimates from Take-Two Interactive, it is the fastest any entertainment property. Both video games and feature films have hit that mark. Strauss Zelnick, CEO of Take-Two, said Grand Theft Auto is a cultural phenomenon and Rockstar Games continues to redefine what can be achieved in interactive entertainment. We are incredibly proud of the extraordinarily critical and commercial response to Grand Theft Auto V. So... A crazy thing about this is Call of Duty reached that milestone. I believe it was in 63 days or either 54 or 63. Don't quote me on it. It took GTA three days. Three. Three. It's come on. They've 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 earned it pretty much. GTA is on that Bane, do you feel in charge level of fucking swag right now. Do you feel in charge? Like, that's, that's where they're at. That is where they're at. They're on that, on that Bane level of just owning this industry. One billion dollars. Billion with a B. Three days. Three. Faster than any movie. Movies. It costs 
265 million dollars to make GTA 5. 265 million made back in 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 hours, in hours, ladies and gentlemen. And the thing about this is that people people talk about creativity in the industry and and people people not not supporting the industry and all this shit but a billion dollars you can't you can't you can't dismiss that even if you tried even if you tried i don't like gta no it's not even that a billion come on it's it's insanity it's insanity that a game made that much money in three days. Like I was, I was amazed when it was at three hundred million dollars in like twenty-four hours. But a billion in three days is just—it's just amazing. It is amazing. And the thing about it is, think about when the last GTA game came out. Think about it. GTA Four, I believe, was in two thousand and. Eight. Was it 2008? Yeah, 2008. GTA 4 came out. Thank you, Slick. From 2008 to 2013, this game was worked on, researched, built from the ground up, nurtured, watered, loved, and then it just sprang forth and just destroyed everything in its path. Everything. Do you think... When I share the MPD numbers for the month of September, that that any other title is going to come even close to touching that. Absolutely not. And everybody's like, oh yeah, well in October there's some great games. A billion. A billion dollars. Let it sink in. 2K, WWE 2K14. Not making a billion dollars. Batman. Not even close to that. Not even close. They're going to make money. They're going to be successful. They're going to be swimming in cash. But billions? No. Pokemon? Not happening. And then everybody's like, yeah, man, but when, when Call of Duty Ghost Drop, three days. Three. Three days. Get the fuck out of here. Because, of course, that's what happens. Guys come out of the woodwork. Yo, man, fuck Rockstar. It's not happening, man. It's not happening. Call of Duty will probably make a billion dollars. Don't get me wrong. It probably will. Three days? Not fucking happening. No. It's not. Not happening. A, a month? A month and a half? Sure. But, but seriously? Seriously. Three days. And this is what I saw. Everybody, all these different... All these different uh, message boards were like, yo, man, Call of Duty's going to come out and wipe the floor. Shut up. You need that. I need that picture of, of Batman slapping Robin with that, with that exact thing. Call of Duty's going to come out and thrash GTA. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. A series that comes out every year, every year. And yes, yeah, you know, you got Call of Duty dogs and female soldiers and all this extra shit. But again, yearly, a yearly title versus a title that came out in 2008. Annual, 
versus years. If I were call if I were the makers of Call of Duty, I would fucking be pissed off. Cause it's like, yo, it took us 54 days. These motherfuckers put it out in three days. They broke a billion. We need to step our game up. I use Raptor, which is a, a, a game monitoring service and it shares all my achievements. Everyone on my Raptor list is playing GTA. I've turned on my Xbox at 4.30 in the morning to play Aliens Colonial Marines, which I'm working on for our Gamefly Q review series. Who's playing at 4.30 in the morning? At least half of my friends list. Half. And I don't have like a super huge friends list on Xbox Live, but I have a sizable friends list. More than half at 4.30 in the morning are playing GTA. It's insanity. And that's not even with the with the online component. That's not even with online being discussed. And it's just billion, a billion dollars. Just Just let it sink in. Let it sink in. Embrace it. GTA Online is just going to take this to a whole other level. But it wouldn't be a GTA game without some controversy. TMZ put out a report that an animal rights group is calling for a boycott of GTA 5 due to the game's depiction of violence against animals. Jack Carone from In Defense of Animals says that his group is angry that Rockstar Games is capitalizing on animal torture, and it doesn't matter if it's real or fake. He claims that it perpetuates institutionalized violence against helpless animals. The makers of this game have traded decency for money, encouraging the darkest impulses of young people in a, in a, in a non-admirable pursuit. And of course, you know, it's not it's it's been in the series before. Animals don't need any more targets painted on them in the name of fun. All right. So, here we go. Grand Theft Auto takes place in the real world. Well, as real as can be in the real world. All right? If you break into a house and they have a dog, and the dog attacks you, and you're a criminal, your job is to shoot the fucking dog. If you're running through the forest, and there's mountain lions in the forest, your ass is going to get eaten. So if you got a gun, you got to defend yourself. Give me a fucking break, everybody. Oh, this, this game, it's encouraging the darkest impulses of young people. Keyword. Young people, how old do you have to be to play GTA 17? If you're 17 years old and you don't know the difference between right and wrong and killing animals, then please pour yourself a glass of Drano, drink it, and go lay outside in the street. I'm serious. The game is rated M for mature. It is a mature game for mature audiences. I love my pets. I love them. When my mom was alive, we had a cage with 112 finches because my mom bred them and sold them. 112 finches. Do you know how, how disturbing it is that you wake up and have breakfast and I hear tweet, 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 tweet,
Think about that. You're hearing that at 7 in the morning for breakfast. I didn't kill my fucking birds. Did I kill the birds? No. Did they did they make me homicidal? Yes, but did I kill them? No. I had a point where I have five cats and three dogs. Between barking, walking, cleaning litter boxes, and feeding them, and playing games that showed all that shit, did I go downstairs and drown my cat in the fucking toilet? No. Here, here's here's a here's a here's a thing. Slick, I need your assistance. Go online and type in "girls put kitten in microwave." These girls put a kitten in a microwave. Young girls put a kitten in a microwave. Didn't kill the kitten, but put the kitten in the microwave and turned it on. Did those bitches play GTA? No. So what the fuck is their excuse? What is their excuse? Like, I understand, you know, you're, 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 you're trying to protect the animals. Don't get me wrong. I, I am a huge advocate in protecting the animals. I saw a news story about guys that killed a 7,000 pound alligator. Which, which tripped me out. Because the alligator was minding his fucking business in Louisiana. 7,000 pounds this, al- this gator was. Oh, but we gotta kill it. We gotta kill it because, you know, it, it's there. This alligator was probably there when Jesus was at the Last Supper, chilling, minded his own business, but because he ate Mrs. Phelps' fucking cat, he deserved to get shot. What's the, What about those guys? Were they playing GTA? No. We as a society have this... We, we, we're, we're, we're inclined to be violent. We are inclined to do terrible things. How about the guy that was in the military... Uh, a former serviceman whose who, who, whose wife and him had sexual relations with animals. A guy who was in our in the service protected our country, having sex with his dog or his cat or his or his pelican or whatever. Oh, but we don't we don't talk about that. No, we don't talk about that. No, 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 no. But you know, because you're running through the wilderness and you shoot a dog or you shoot a mountain lion. You know, in the real world. Because it's simulating all the shit that happens in the real world. Are you serious? And again, I have no problem defending animals. I am a huge advocate of just not, you know, just supporting causes for animals. When I buy cat food, I donate money to to cats in shelters and animals that need homes. Every pet, every cat I've owned, I've adopted. I had my fish. I, I've owned countless animals. I went to high school and I came out with an animal science endorsed diploma. Why? Because I wanted to be a vet. My mother told me to get a real fucking job, but still, this is this is what I'm saying. And I play the games. And yeah, you know it's fucked up. You're like, damn, you shot a dog, but it, that's what happens. You're a criminal. Criminals don't do good things. You gotta shoot a dog. You may have to throw a cat out a window. You're a criminal. You're playing a game where the whole purpose of it is committing crime. How are you mad at that? 
Oh, the darkest impulses of young people. Young people. Everyone has dark impulses. There were two girls who stabbed their friend in the forest because they didn't want to be friends with her. Did a game give them those dark impulses? No. They're just fucking crazy. Come on, man. As soon as I read it on TMZ, I'm like, yo, are you serious already with the shit? I can't, man. I can't. I'm a champion of all causes. Of all causes. You know, breast cancer awareness, autism awareness, uh, you know, different animal causes. I, you know, I've donated money to Big Cat Rescue because I love lions, especially lions. You know, I support causes. Does just because I play violent games and watch violent programming and I'm just a, a terrible human being doesn't mean that I... No, it just doesn't work that way. And it upsets me. It, yeah, I'm angry and I'm all pissing vinegar on air, but it just upsets me because people are sitting there and they're nitpicking, nitpicking at, at things, you know, nitpicking at things that they shouldn't really be upset about. Wow, Suncast, I love turtles. Thank you, Suncast. That that put a huge smile on my face. You are you are the fucking man, sir. Thank you very much. But seriously, it's like, listen. There's so much more going on in the world. Our government is on the brink of possibly shutting down on October first because they have to raise the debt limit. That means that if your if your grandparents get social security much like my sisters who are both handicapped get, they may not get their money on October 1st if the government shuts down. They may not, because those are the kind of things that, that they threaten. But nobody's talking about government shutdown. No, 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 that's not, that's not important. No. We're going to talk about GTA and, and it propagating violence and pushing people to do terrible things. We're not going to talk about the fact that our country has to raise the debt limit. No, we're not talking about that. Or 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 in New York, we're not talking about the fact that that you know we we our city practically has no fucking money. We're not going to talk about the fact that the post office is practically broke and has to raise the postage 3 cents and possibly only deliver mail Monday through Friday cuz they got no money. Get out of here. You know? Give me a break. Thank you, Detroit. Thank you, GFQ440. Thank you. See? Suncast. Mind you, this is the umpteenth time they've asked to raise the debt ceiling. But this is the shit I'm saying. People are mad about, you know, Miley Cyrus shaking her saggy ass. Or Kim Kardashian shitting out a kid. Or, or Kanye West fighting with Jimmy Kimmel on Twitter. But, but you know, Detroit going bankrupt a la robocop or 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 you know the debt ceiling or chemical weapons in syria or you know come on it's stop stop people wake up i you know before i continue i want to say this ladies and gentlemen our media and our politicians have one job it's not to protect us 
It's not to it's not to 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 motivate us to be better. It is to keep us stupid, to keep us uninformed, to keep us with blinders on, to keep us at war with ourselves in our own cities, in our own governments, against our neighbors. That is the job of the media and the government. Wake the fuck up. Wake up. Before you write that tweet about Miley Cyrus twerking, have you wondered if the per if the kids next door may or may not get school lunch every week? I'm not telling you to go out there and martyr yourself and make the world's problems yours, but seriously, wake the fuck up. Be informed. Be informed. You know, wake up and protect. Thank you, Dark Helmet. Protect your jobs. Protect yourselves. Become informed. Don't be outraged that Miley Cyrus is twerking. Is she your daughter? Who cares? Who cares? Miley Cyrus sucked 37 dicks this afternoon. It's on page three. It. Are you offended? Are you offended? Who cares? Who cares? Chris Kardashian's show got canceled and she flung herself into a volcano. Boo fucking who? Come on. This is what I this is what I don't understand. This is what I don't understand. Wake up everybody, please. You know, put down your phones for a second. Get off of Facebook. Read a book. Educate yourselves. And I'm not talking about educating yourselves on on, you know, a different way to go down on your wife by picking up this month's penthouse letters. No. Or or you know, the the book that's going to teach you how to, how to how to make fart noises with your armpit. Educate yourselves for real. Go out there and do some shit, do some good. That's that's it. Cuz cuz what's happening is people you, you fucking guys are stupid. I had a guy get in the elevator today on the way up to work and he didn't know he had no clue when election day was he goes election days on November 11th I'm like uh, November 11th is Veterans Day dude he's like really I always thought election day was on November 11th you old motherfucker you've been wandering this planet and you thought election day was November 11th you uninformed shithead but I guarantee you, if I ask who his top team in his fantasy league is, he'll tell me off the drop of a hat. But the motherfucker doesn't know when election day is. And he works for freaking Wells Fargo. You may have fucking done my mortgage application, you uninformed shithead. Wake up. Holy shit. Yeah, I read TMZ to find shit like this. It's it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. A fucking guy will camp out to get the latest iPhone. Camp out for three days, four days. But I bet you if you said to that guy, hey man, you want to come and volunteer and hand out some food to the homeless? Nah, man, fuck that. Nah, I'm good. Hey, you want to donate some money to, you know, for pancreatic cancer, help out? Nah, man, I'm good. Nah, no, th no thanks. But you'll camp out for a fucking iPhone that you've probably bought three times over. I saw a girl in the mall buying an iPhone 
had an iPhone 5 in her hand, was buying an iPhone 5C for herself. And, and she said, and I quote, Oh my God, I'm so happy it's in pink now. Bitch, it's the same phone! You just spent 600 and something dollars on an iPhone 5 and you're buying it, uh, you're buying a new one because it's pink. I bet you you don't even fucking know how to boil water. I bet you you don't even know how to make hard-boiled eggs, but you know that the pink iPhone is out. And she bought a case for it. Yes, she did, Slick. She did. She did. She came, she put it on her Amex at the T-Mobile kiosk in Roosevelt Field and put it on her Amex, took her iPhone 5. She's like, "Ugh, I can give this one to my sister now. No, no, Slick, no. You know what she did? She bought the cases that Apple put out. So she had a pink phone with a lime green case. So it was pink and lime green because they're like my favorite colors. I love pink and lime green. It's like, congratulations, you're speaking on a Skittle. Hello? Hello, I'm on my Skittle phone. Hello? 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 Is this thing on? This is my Skittle phone. Get the fuck out of here. But this is what I'm saying, uninformed. Do you think if Dummy went online and read that the fu <laughs> fuck you, Slick Jesus? <laughs> do you think? Do you think if that chick went online, you know, and went to to Gizmodo? Nope, she wasn't white. Dark helmet. She wasn't white. Wasn't white. Um, she. I'm not, I'm not even gonna get into it. But seriously, do you think that maybe she'd wake up? You know, go to The Verge, Gizmodo. Engadget, fucking front page of Yahoo, whatever, and read that it's the same phone. She could have just got her stupid iPhone 5 a case that was pink. My wife has an iPhone 5. You know what she got? A pink otter box. Why? It's her favorite color. Why did she get the otter box? Because she drops her fucking phone. Congratulations, you got a pink phone. I told her to get the five the the, the new one, the 5S. You know why I told her to get the 5S? Because she takes a fuckload of photos. And it has slow motion. So that 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 would be great. Hey, you know, you could take a, a, a thousand cat pictures. And you can take a picture of your cat drinking water in slow motion. Like, like that's fine. Like, hey, you have a 5, you want to get a 5S? Because you fucking want to see slow-mo selfies? Or you want to do some stupid... Great. 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 But seriously, you're buying... Uh, you have an iPhone 5 and you're buying another iPhone because it's in the color you want and then you're putting a case on it. Yeah, but th think about it, Dark Helmet, because Dark Helmet says the 5C has some minor tweaks. It does. But does it have enough that you probably aren't two years in your contract and you're buying the same fucking phone? That's what gets me. And everybody's like, oh, well, you know, the 5S has the thumbprint. You could unlock a 5S with a nipple. With a fucking nipple. Look it up on YouTube. I can unlock a 5S with a fucking nipple. I can take a 5S and unlock it with my cat's paw print. Put the paw on the fucking phone. Oh, revolutionary my ass. Hey, look, I unlock. Shut up. Get out of here. I like the 5S. It's great. Do I need it? No. 
Does my wife need it? No, but I told her to get it because I like new technology. Plus, if I got to review any Apple apps, at least she has the, the newer phone that I can do it. Hello, you got to think ahead. But, but seriously, get the fuck out of here. Jay Santi said it perfectly. You're pouring syrup on shit and calling it pancakes. Thank you. But seriously, look it up. You can unlock the 5S with a nipple. With a nipple. Or, guess what? If you're a guy and you got a 5S and you're creeping on your girl and she's sending you and, and you got your side chick sending you text messages, guess what your wife can do? She can take your thumb while you're sleeping and unlock your phone. You dopes. Everybody, oh yeah, man, thumbprints, fucking fantastic, great, yeah. But you can you can use your cat's foot. You can use a nipple, a nipple, to unlock a phone. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hang my bag over the thumb circle. Maybe it maybe it'll unlock the phone. Maybe my bag will unlock the phone. Why not? I can use my cat's asshole to unlock the phone and my thumb, but, oh, come on. Stop it. Which leads me to this. The iPhone sold, get this, which is insane, 5 million iPhones were sold. 5 million. 5C and 5S beat the record of 5 million in launch sales. Allegedly, they're going between 5 and 8 million. 5 million was the record, and they're above 5, closer to 8. But no, you know. No, the, the, the 5C, nobody's going to buy the 5C. People are buying the 5C left and right. Some of them own the 5, because cause it, 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 it's blue. I need a blue phone. Really, you, you need a blue phone. Why? I don't even want people to know what kind of phone I have. And you want people to know that you're talking to them on a fucking giant Smurf. That's it. Look at me on my Skittle. I'm talking to you on my Skittle phone. Because that's what I want. Skittle. You stupid bastards. Ignorance. Anyway. So, WWE 2K14 released their roster. You can check it out on MyTakeRadio.com. Just uh, want to go through who is in the game for those of you that hate to read. Uh, here is the roster. AJ Lee, Oksana, Brodus Clay, Christian, Cody Rhodes, Damian Sandow, Daniel Bryan, David Otunga, Dean Ambrose, Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre, Eddie Guerrero, Heath Slater, Jack Swagger, Jinder Mahal, Justin Gabriel, Caitlin, Kane, Kofi Kingston, Layla, Lita, Mark Henry, Mr. McMahon, Natalia. Rey Mysterio, R-Truth, Ryback, Roman Reigns, Santino, Seth Rollins, Sheamus, Sin Cara, Stephanie McMahon, Tenzai, The Great Khali, Titus O'Neil, Darren Young, Wade Barrett, Antonio Cesaro, Daniel Bryan, The Rock, Ultimate Warrior, Retro Big Show, CM Punk, Sergeant Slaughter, Edge, Diesel, The Undertaker, like three different versions, King Kong Bundy, Brock Lesnar, Retro Brock Lesnar, Retro Chris Jericho, Andre the Giant, Alberto Del Rio, The Million Dollar Man, Retro John Cena, Regular John Cena, Shawn Michaels, Retro Shawn Michaels, 
Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Retro Triple H, Corporate Haircut Triple H, Big John Stud, Retro Ric Flair, Ric Flair that has like nine wives and has to pay alimony, Stone Cold, Hulk Hogan, Cybernetic Hip Hollywood Hulk Hogan, Retro Kane with the full mask, Regular Kane, Randall, Razor Ramon, JBL, The Hitman, Retro Rock, Mick Foley, The Miz, Batista, Yokozuna, Macho Man, and of course, Goldberg. So, there's your roster. Now, people are pissed off for a couple of reasons, um, but I'm sure that a lot of your favorite superstars that didn't make it will be released in good old DLC. Because, you know, that's how they get you. Everybody's like, oh man, you know, why isn't this guy in there? Uh, DLC. Like Antonio Cesaro. He's in the game, but last time he was DLC. Ryback. In the, you know, like, like people are all like, oh, this guy's not... DLC. $14.99. Buy the season pass. Like, come on, people. Wake up. Everybody's all pissing vinegar about the roster. Wake up, people. DLC. 2013. This is what the fuck we do. DLC out the ass. Stop it. Speaking of season packs, if you pick up the PlayStation 3 edition of Batman Arkham Origins, you get two skins, Nightfall and the classic TV series. So you'll be able to do that. You also get three combat maps and two Predator maps with that. Also, if you want extra stuff, you can get the Batman Arkham Origins Season Pass. The Season Pass will include five of the, five of the game's upcoming downloadable content packs. Of course, with the two exclusive skins, you're going to get the new Arkham Origins Initiation Mode where you can play as Bruce Wayne in new challenge maps. You're going to get a new game mode that takes place before Bruce Wayne became Batman, which is most of those challenge maps. And of course, um, you're also going to get stuff added to the campaign. Also, you're going to get the following skins when you pre-order the Season Pass. Gotham by Gaslight Batman skin and Brightest Day Batman skin. The new, the new Millennium skins pack. Infinite Earth skins pack. Of course, like I said, Arkham Origin Initiation and the Story Campaign. If you want to pick up the Season Pass, it will run you $19.99. So there you got 60 bucks for the game, 20 bucks for the extra shit. Translation, 80 motherfucking dollars, ladies and gents, 80. So if you want to get the full Batman experience, get four $20 bills ready because that's what's happening. Or like Slick says, Black Friday may be your friend. So the next bit of information I want to share with you guys is in reference to a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about NCAA football. And if you remember, we had some guy pop in on the straight troll shit talking about, oh, they're going to make a, a college game next year and they're just not going to use the license. Fuck you, Rich. Blah, blah, blah. You're full of shit. The guy was in straight troll mode and he was all pissy. And I told him, listen, you don't like what I'm talking about. Get the fuck out. And he left. So for that fucking guy, I'd like to say the following. EA published on its blog that they will not be doing an NCAA game next year. So there you have it. Translation, shithead. That entire big pointless diatribe of them releasing a game 
without without the NCAA license, not fucking happening. No, you were wrong. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. If you got some money in the bank and want to pick up some uh, IPs from 38 Studios, the Kingdoms of Amalur IP will be available as part of a liquidation auction starting November 14th. The Amalur IP will be available, including the Project Copernicus MMO, as well as sequel rights to the Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. Other games up for grabs include Rise of Nations, Rise of Legends, and Catan. So there you go. The auction goes from 8 a.m. Central Standard Time, November 14th, to 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, November 15th. So if you got a couple of dollars in the bank and want to own Kingdoms of Amalur, get your money ready. November 14th is the day to look forward to. So to close things out for the gaming segment this week, uh, Rockstar Games announced that for Grand Theft Auto Online, there will be microtransactions. So you'll be able to trade real-world cash for in-game riches when it drops October 1st. You don't have to spend the real money to attain cars, guns, clothes, or any of that stuff if you could just get them a little quicker. Of course, a series of free content updates will unlock the GTA Online functionality, but there's going to be certain elements that you'll be able to buy via microtransactions. So there you go. If you thought it was all going to be fun in games and free reign... Eh, eh, you thought wrong. There you have it. GTA Online will have microtransactions. Sorry to break it to you guys. All right. That's going to wrap up gaming for this week. Let's get into some entertainment news because there are quite a bit to discuss, shall we? <laughs> liberators exactly that's what i'm here to do liberate you from the bullshit that's going on so let's talk some entertainment so star wars episode 7 has a has a shitload of different news bits going around and casting rumors so again this bit of news i'm gonna share take it with a grain of salt latino review is saying that um sarice ronan has read for a for a role in Star Wars Episode 7, she recently passed on playing the Scarlet Witch in the Avengers Age of Ultron. As of right now, no one knows what part she read for, but they're saying that there may be a female villain in the film. Meanwhile, Benedict Cumberbatch, everybody's talking about, will he be in the movie? Will he not be in the movie? There is a rumor that Benedict Cumberbatch will be in the Star Wars series. Again, take these with a uh, grain of salt because, you know, it's it's something that's been talked about on and off, on and off. Frankly, I think Benedict Cumberbatch is an awesome actor, a tremendous talent, and he would just be, he would be, he would be a natural in the Star Wars universe. Um, as of right now, there's rumors saying he may play a villain, but it remains to be seen. So there you have it. The other one that they were talking about is that Michael B. Jordan 
and David Oyelowo are also being contacted for roles in the film. Supposedly, Michael B. Jordan has met with J.J. Abrams about being in the film. Um, again, rumors and speculation, so take that for what it's worth. As much as I want to hate the new RoboCop film, I can't bring myself to hate it just yet, but I will be probably parting with, an, with a shitload of money to see it in IMAX. MGM and Sony Pictures announced that the RoboCop remake will be getting an IMAX release on February 7th. So there you have it. If you want to see RoboCop in an even bigger screen, February 7th is the date and it will be in IMAX. There you have it. It's some what the fuck entertainment news for this week. Ghost Recon, which we talked about a couple of months back, heading to the big screen is all but a certainty. Variety reports that Matthew Fetterman and Steven Sassia have been writing the script for Ghost Recon, which is being produced by Michael Bay for Ubisoft and Warner Brothers. Of course, they're saying that Ghost Recon will probably be Michael Bay's next project after directing Transformers Age of Extinction. There you go. In a move that should shock no one, these guys are heading to the silver screen in their own film. Despicable Me's Minions will be getting a spinoff, which will be hitting theaters July 10th, 2015. Originally, it was slated to hit theaters December 19th, 2014, but July 15th is the new release date. Now, July 15th is pretty crowded because the new Terminator film is supposed to debut July 1st, Independence Day 2 is supposed to debut July 3rd. Superman and Batman is supposed to debut July 17th. The Smurfs 3 July 25th. Ant-Man July 31st. So definitely very, very interesting that they're going to go with July 5th, uh, 2015, considering that it is an incredibly packed month. There you go. Let's talk box office totals. The extremely awesome Prisoners, which has been getting tremendous word of mouth. Um, hopefully I can get to the theater this weekend to see it. Was number one at the box office, earning $21.4 million. Insidious Part 2 came in at number two, earning $14.5 million, bringing its total to $60.9 million. The Family was number three. Instructions Not Included was number four. Battle of the Year was number five. Where the Millers was number six, Lee Daniels the Butler was number seven, Riddick was number eight, The Wizard of Oz, $3 million, bringing its total to $19.7 million, was number nine, and Planes was number 10, bringing its total to $86.5 million. I'm very pumped for this next bit of news because I'm definitely going to go to the theater to see this if it's available where I live. Shock to you drop actually reported that they will be re-releasing John Carpenter's Halloween for its 35th anniversary. It's also the 25th anniversary of Halloween for the return of Michael Myers. Both films as well as Halloween five, the revenge of Michael Myers will be re-released in theaters. All three films will get a brand new HD transfer with 5.1 audio. If you guys are interested in checking it out, I will be sharing the link in the show notes. I'm definitely going to try and see uh, the 1978 Halloween 20, uh, 35th anniversary edition because I love the Halloween movies. The first two are my favorites. Uh, part two in particular, just because I think 
Halloween 2 succeeded in giving me a huge fear of hospitals when I was a kid. And Jamie Lee Curtis was just fucking awesome. So definitely worth checking out. Excuse me. In some small screen news, another Batman property will be coming to the small screen. That being Gotham, which will be heading to Fox. It will follow a young Commissioner Gordon. Obviously, it won't include Batman, but it will include some of his villains from, you know, a couple of his villains from his rogues gallery. As of right now, according to Deadline, the network has made a series commitment. And like I said, it'll follow Jim Gordon as a young detective. So there you have it. Fox trying to get in on the superhero genre to compete with the CW and their Arrow TV series, which is very good and extremely underrated. Um, I'm, I'm actually curious to see how they're going to do it and keep Batman out of the show. I think it's going to be impossible, but who knows? In some other small screen news, HBO announced that they, are, they have renewed Boardwalk Empire for its fifth season. Season four debuted September 8th and is, of course, one of HBO's must-watch original series, drawing an average of 7.5 million viewers. I am a huge Boardwalk Empire fan, especially Michael K. Williams' Chalky White, who is amazing. He is he's probably one of my favorite characters, him and Richard Harrow, who's a guy that has... um a damaged face and wears a prosthetic mask. Two of my favorite characters, Boardwalk Empire is an awesome series. If you have HBO, definitely give it a watch on HBO Go. Starts a little slow, but definitely picks up very quickly. So awesome to hear that Boardwalk will be coming back for a fifth season, but considering that True Blood is going to go into its last season, I'm not shocked in the least. Michael B. Jordan is in the news again. With Independence Day 2, supposedly it is rumored that he may be playing the son of Will Smith in Independence Day 2. As of right now, Michael B. Jordan hasn't received an offer yet, but they are circling um, a deal to try and get him on board for Independence Day 2. He is very popular after his work in Chronicle, and of course they were rumored to be using him in Fox's Fantastic Four reboot so there you go michael b jordan and possibly an independence day 2 alongside will smith and jeff goldblum so we'll see how that goes a few months back we were talking about um tarzan coming back to the silver screen with alexander skarsgård playing tarzan it looks like they're starting to move forward with it and christoph waltz has been cast as the villain The film hasn't gotten a green light yet, but Stephen Sommers and Stuart Beatty wrote a screenplay, which is uh, obviously an adaptation of Edgar Rice Burroughs' 1912 novel. They are looking at a summer 2014 release date with, of course, like I said, Alexander Skarsgård opposite the always talented Christoph Waltz. Now, this next bit of news, again, another rumor that's really, really generated quite a bit of buzz in the last couple of hours it seems that warner brothers put out a casting call for a physically strong woman between 25 and 33 years of age bleeding cool actually broke the story they say the agencies are sending actors to warner brothers possibly for the role of wonder woman some people are saying it could also be for a villain or a possible love interest but 
it's very interesting that they're looking for a woman that's physically strong between 25 and 33 years of age. A lot of, uh, you know, rumors are saying that they may look to introduce Wonder Woman much like they did Black Widow and Iron Man 2, just very subtle, very low-key, and then use that to get, to get her into a solo film. I personally am curious to see why... Well, I'm curious to see Wonder Woman on the big screen. I don't understand how, how why it's so difficult to get a Wonder Woman movie done. The problem is that, like I've and I've said this before, I think that, that Hollywood is torn on either making her extremely sexy and kind of one-dimensional or going really deep and dark and losing sight and alienating that audience that they want to get, which is young girls. Everything regarding comic book movies boils down to one thing in the words of Yogurt from Spaceballs, merchandising, merchandising. That's all it's about. If you can't sell a fucking toy, I don't want to look at you. That's how Hollywood works. If you can't sell, you know, Batman in 27 different costumes and Superman in 100 different ways and Wonder Woman in 50 ways and actually sell toys, they don't want to do it. And I think that's part of the reason why they're so scared. I think the concept of of Wonder Woman being this kick-ass Amazon that that can that can whoop Superman's ass and look good doing it. I think it's just a hard pill to swallow. But I'm curious to see if they really are going to utilize this more underhanded style that like they did with Black Widow where they kind of just bring her in subtly like hey, you know, this is Diana or whatever and people are like, "Oh shit." Like they did with um with Robin Blake in in The Dark Knight Rises. So I'm definitely curious to see how that pans out. Um, 25 to 33 years old, and of course using physically strong in the wording, leads me to believe that that's a possibility. They could go with a villainous, but you know what I thought? I, if I remember correctly, and Slick, if you're if you're in the chat, didn't Lex Luthor have that female driver who was really kick-ass? His bo- that she was also his bodyguard? Like, it could be that, too, which I think is pretty awesome. I actually liked her character. I'm trying to remember her name. Ah, fuck. If I pull up another browser window, it's, uh, Mercy. Ah, thank you. Mercy was a cyborg. Yes, thank you for reminding me. It's true. But, again, I mean, for you to to put it out there so subtly and, and, like, think about it. Casting Wonder Woman is is a big deal. So even if you say, oh, we need an actress between 25 and 33 years old, and you bring the actress in, like, if you get a name actress, like, if you say Gina Carano is going to be in Superman and Batman, I'd almost guarantee that she's going to play Wonder Woman. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's... like you would think that that would be a bigger deal, so maybe it might it might not be Wonder Woman. Like I said, it's it's all speculation right now, and it's based on you know a casting uh, a casting request that they put out. But the thing that gets me is that they're citing it as a lead role, which is definitely very very interesting. But who knows? Obviously, as as more as more of this story develops, I will share it with you guys. But as of right now, like I said, Bleeding Cool reports. Physically strong woman, 25 to 33 years old for a lead role. Make of it what you will.
Lastly, to close out this week's entertainment news, uh, Vin Diesel reported on his Facebook page with a photo that Kurt Russell is officially in Fast and Furious 7. So there you have it. Kurt Russell joins a huge cast of guys in the seventh installment of Fast and Furious. So it's, it, I'm looking forward to seeing, obviously, Vin Diesel mix it up with Jason Statham, but also sharing screen time with the always very talented and extremely underrated Kurt Russell. All right. That's actually going to wrap up the show for this week, guys. So let's take it home. You've just heard my Take Radio episode 199 for Thursday, September 26th, 2013. If you have any questions, concerns, or would like to be a guest on a future episode of My Take Radio, feel free to email me at mtrhost at mytakeradio.com. You can always hit up our feedback line, 347-815-0687. That's 347-815-0MTR. And if you don't want your voicemail played on air, please make sure to specify that. As for social media, we are everywhere. Look for us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash mytakeradio. Add us to your circle on Google+. Look up our boards on Pinterest, pinterest.com forward slash mytakeradio. You can also follow me on Instagram, rich underscore MTR. For those of you that use Facebook, if I don't know you in some capacity, I don't accept friend requests, but I am open to following. So you can, I actually enabled following. So a couple of our listeners are using the follow button. If you want to follow me and keep up with my craziness, otherwise the Facebook fan page is the best source. Of course, my take radios on Twitter as well. And lastly, if you want the best and most complete MyTake Radio experience, please make sure to pick up the MyTake Radio app available for Android, iOS, and Windows devices. For Android, you can pick it up in the Amazon Android Marketplace. It's $1.99. For iOS devices, of course, iTunes for the same price, $1.99. And for Windows, look for it in the Windows Store, either for your Windows 8 desktop version or your Windows mobile device. Again, it's $1.99. You get 96K stereo episodes of My Take Radio. Uh, first, first access to any and all exclusive content, including MTR and 60. My Take Radio beyond, beyond the mic, excuse me. My Take Radio behind the mic as well. Mobile wallpapers and other exclusive content. You can also find My Take Radio on Stitcher. Make sure to enter My Take in the promo code and you can get $100 courtesy of Stitcher and My Take Radio. You can also look for us on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Zoom Marketplace, TuneIn Radio. But best than the only source I can recommend the most, make sure to look on mtr.com, well, mytakeradio.com and look in the archive show tab and you can get high quality versions of the show there. And if you're getting the show via iTunes, please take a moment and rate the show. We'd really appreciate it. And if we can crack that top 100, it's going to get us a ton of exposure Please, 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 if you're getting the show from iTunes, take five seconds and rate the show. You don't have to write a review. You can just use the star rating if you want, but we definitely need it. Every little bit helps. And if you want to keep up with us on YouTube, you can follow the official My Take Radio channel on YouTube. It's uh, youtube.com forward slash My Take Radio TV. We put videos, unboxings, all the episodes of MTR. Uh, special game footage, you name it, we put it on the channel. 
And if we get 100 subscribers, it will allow us to stream straight to YouTube, which is awesome. And stay tuned. MTR 200 will be the next evolution of my take radio. And I am super pumped and excited to do it. I hope it goes well. And on behalf of myself, Slick, Andrea, the Buried Boys, Jay Santi, Ben, and the rest of the MTR family, thank you guys for your continued support. Keep supporting us so you guys can get cooler stuff. I'll catch you guys next week. Peace. I think this week, what kind of outro music are we going to go with? Uh, you know what? I feel like being nostalgic. So I'm going to go with old ECW intro from the old ECW soundtrack. Peace.